Hey, Reese, Bibbs, put the game on, man. I'm trying to see what Luca and them boys going to do tonight, man. Mavs outside this podcast. Y'all know what time it is. Hello and welcome yet again to another edition of the Mavs Outsiders Podcast. I am one half of the team. Mike Bibbins on Twitter at Bibbs Corner. Joined as always by my co-hosts, Mind of Reese at Mind of Reese on Twitter, Instagram. And you might find him eating the ostrich egg with the mini fork if you roll up on him too, too casually. Reese, how you feeling? The ostrich. First of all, I wasn't eating my eggs earlier with a fork. Okay, it was a fried egg, which is a sandwich. Oh, oh. which was you know in between bread, brother. All right, ostrich eggs. Like I said, I'll eat my ops. Okay, you know we don't mess with birds on this podcast. But uh, I'm doing good. I'm having some neck pain. I think it's the way I've been sleeping. Like the past few days, just been waking up with neck pain, but. Other than that, you know, unless I have to turn my head a certain way, you know, I'm pretty good. All right. We're not going to be playing any games where you need to turn your head dramatically. Um, yeah, I had a I had an interesting week. I think I mentioned last week on the pod that I had to go to Charlotte for a big meeting uh, on Monday. Uh, I think we did we record early because of that? We recorded before that. Yeah, we recorded pretty early just because of that. Um it was not bad, man. Like I, I went to Charlotte. I met with like important people. It was, uh, uh, I don't know how much I've said about my job or how much I should say, but basically, uh, the, the thing that I went to, I worked for, uh, a Medicare contractor basically. And the thing we went to was called the, the 16 state coalition. It's like the heads of the healthcare associations for like 16 states come through And uh, the program that I do education for is only in five states. So they, all the people from my portion were there. And then there were a couple that, that had to like Skype in. So we had some people like that were there and we had some people that were on, on zoom or what have you. And uh, should I say this? I ain't going to say this. People been acting like we, we not, we, me and my partner haven't been, been killing it right now. And so they went around the room and were asking, like, how are you, like, state by state, and were asking how people were doing. And the people for the five states that we were were like, oh, man, Mike and, and Redacted are great. Like, they they always on top of everything. Like, anytime I send a question, I know they get, I'm getting on their nerves because I'm always sending stuff, but they're, they're always prompt. Like, lady called us rock stars. Like, they were all, they were all in love with us. And the dude that was trying to, trying to put us on blast ended up looking kind of goofy, but uh it, it's nice to because you don't see people either so like most of these people i've never met before in person so uh it was nice man i was in i went in nervous i came out like feeling like oh i'm, I'm the man when i walked through like uh what, what was the old buddy aloe black rich homie kwan aloe black aloe black no that's not that's a different song you can tell everybody like the commercial yeah it's aloe yeah, black but that's like <laughs> but the, the people were getting off the bus said. Cause like the athletes were getting off the bus and they were walking through with the aloe black plans. That's that's what. But, but you said feeling like the man when I walked through. That's literally a song. I know. I know. That's that's a different thing. I, I don't listen to that other person. Okay, 
I saw Halloween ends yesterday. I, I'm sorry to hear that uh, from based on what I've seen on the timeline. Um, before we spend too much time on this, I had to get that out because, uh, like I said, I was stressed. The anxiety was going crazy, and it was for all, all for nothing, apparently. Um, but this is the International Correspondence Edition of the Mavs Outsiders podcast. We got a couple of special guests with us who have been waiting patiently not just since we started this podcast, but prior to due to my old dusty computer. But that's neither here nor there. I must introduce our guest first. I have my man Ishan live from India. Uh, met Ishan in Hoop Spaces. I think, Reese, you were the, you were yeah. met him in Hoop Spaces too. Uh, always a good convo. Always appreciate your takes. You feel I feel like you're more willing to to say the the bold things than a lot of people are. In those scenarios, Ishan, I'm, I'm sipping my Darjeeling tea right now, courtesy of yourself. How are you feeling this morning? Or excuse me, afternoon. Yeah, it's evening, man. It's like 9 p.m. now. But, <laughs> but you know, we, we up with hoops anyway, always. Always down to talk basketball. I uh, wanted to ask you, how, how are you liking the Darjeeling tea? I have to ask you, um, it's a little bitter. I'm not going to lie. Uh, is there something I should be putting in the tea? I mean, like some most people have it unsweetened. It's like that kind of liquor tea. We call it liquor tea. Okay. Uh, but I think you could throw some sugar in. Uh, maybe the maybe that'll help. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's the acquired taste. That's all I'll say. But like, I think it's called the champagne of tea. So okay. I'm gonna rock my mo- my mother's from Darjeeling. So okay. I, it's like you rock with home. Yeah, you got to get me the the raw straight from the earth Darjeeling tea. Like this is shit. Might be different. Might be different compared to what's I, being exported out there. I would imagine so. <laughs> yes, but uh, I, I could, it's it's not bad. It's just a, just a tad bit hard on the on the tongue when I first take that sip. So um, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep uh, swishing it around my mouth. See where see what works. Yes, sir. Glad we got you here, man. And. Our other international correspondent is has been on the pod before. Uh, you should know him well. It is Matej, live from Slovenia. It is, what, almost 6 o'clock in Slovenia. While we're recording this, uh, Matej, frequent collaborator. I've been on your pod a few times. You've been on here, like I said. Um, always a pleasure to have you. How are you today? Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys, to you guys and uh, Ishan as well for the first time. Looking forward to the pod. Uh, doing fine, doing well. Looking forward to the season. It's approaching, so uh, I'm hyped up for you know watching basketball. Not again, because we had some basketball already at the end of <laughs> summer. Some high-level basketball, but yeah, looking to, for the NBA season to start as well. Uh, uh, it really does look like it's going to be a, an interesting season, like uh, all over the league and so many interesting narratives. So I'm just yeah hyped up to uh, get the season started and uh, get mad about <laughs> a whole lot of things. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It is that time of year. Reese, you got anything you want to ask our, our, our correspondents before we, we begin here? I do. I, it's, it's crazy. I literally just found popped in my head. Ishan, I know you've talked about like getting getting up early and and watching yeah. sometimes. So how early do 
both of you have to get up to watch some of these primetime, like these nighttime TNT games, the eight o'clock, the 10 o'clock games here. How early do y'all have to get up to watch those? If you- uh, so for, for me, it's like when it's late night, the primetime games, that's the most doable because when it's not daylight savings, it's 7.30 a.m. And when it is daylight savings, it's at 8.30 a.m., which I think is perfectly reasonable. But a lot of the Mavs games, because they're usually more catered to central time, mm-hmm. end up being five, like right now at the start of the season, it's going to be a 5.30 a.m. start. A lot of the playoff games are 5.30 a.m. starts. So, yep. But when this year, I see the Mavs have a lot, a lot more later games which I guess shows uh, progress with terms of how the NBA wants to market us. But it's good for me. I'll have more 7 a.m. tip-offs. So, looking forward to that. I'm jealous of Ishan because uh, (laughs) uh, 6.30, even 5.30 sounds great. uh, Much better than uh, what we got here. Uh, India is three hours, 3.30 ahead uh, of us. So, games are pretty much in the middle of the night. Two, uh, three o'clock in the morning. Uh, I do like Sunday early games, which probably Sean doesn't like because uh, no, the afternoon for me, the afternoon for me, I love. Them. Oh yeah, a- afternoon actually, three hours yeah. ahead. Some of the games are might be a, even at midnight that are like yeah. starting at noon or uh, uh, early afternoon in uh, U.S. But uh, yeah, I'm jealous. 5.30 sounds great to me. (laughs) When I can't wake up for the game, I actually wake up a bit earlier, 6, 6.30, and uh, watch the whole game on League Pass, uh, which is sometimes even more enjoyable because you go through it really fast and you just run through the timeouts and all the delays, which can be many, as we know. That's one one thing that I really like about uh, FIBA. Games are much faster, just not just shorter, but they run faster. Like even the um, official review, reviews and stuff like that. But yeah, those are other topics. <laughs> it's <laughs> the middle of the night for me. <laughs> I admire y'all dedication because during uh, Eurobasket, a lot of people ask, "And Reese, you gonna wake up? You gonna watch the? Uh, you gonna watch the Slovenia game?" And I'm like, well, "What time does it come on?" And somebody said, "Like." 7 a.m., 8 a.m., I said, brother, look, <laughs> no. I already get up at 5 a.m. for work. Yeah. You want me to get up on my day off <laughs> early? I said, if I'm up, maybe, but I'm not guaranteeing that I'll be up. Like, it's not happening. Yeah, 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 I get it. I mean, it's it's a tough one. It's all, It always is, and I completely understand uh, and yeah, I'm noticing like I've been waking up for NBA games since like high school, pretty much when I started watching. And I've been noticing like, yeah, once I hit 30, it really it's getting tougher. <laughs> it's getting tougher. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting old. So, yeah, I don't know how long I'll be able to do it. I mean, the amount of games I watch live is sort of diminishing through the years a little bit, but I still catch a lot of games and some early games. I mean, if we're talking specifically Mavs, but uh, some early East Coast games, it's easier to watch for me. So I just before going to sleep, you know, catch the first half or something like that. Uh, and it happens often. Okay. Uh, that's actually a, a good transition, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> I'll ask this, and it, it may be, I think I know Ishan's answer. I think we've had that conversation. Um, 
how did you how did you get to be a a NBA fan or if you're a Mavs fan for sure like how did you get to be a Mavs fan and I'll start with you Ishan um so for me I became an NBA fan in about 2008 9 uh I was I was with my family on like a trip to the to the US um, I had an aunt and an uncle who lived in Connecticut so I was I come down to visit them in Connecticut and uh, Whenever we were on the road ever, because we took like a, a road trip to Baltimore, we took a road trip to Rhode Island. So on those trips, um, every time we stopped somewhere, I would see that the Lakers are playing the Celtics. It was finals, it was June. So um, that's my, basically my, so my, fir- my first favorite player in basketball was Kevin Garnett. And I became a little into basketball because uh, LeBron was quite not liked by like my basketball knowing friends after he went to Miami. So I watched, uh, games weren't live in India back at that point. So I was following it on the internet, watching clips. And yeah, fell in love with Dirk, fell in love with the Mavs. Uh, haven't looked back. I, like, I was in and out of bas- like following basketball till about 2018. But I knew I, I was following Luca before he became an NBA prospect because of how I used to follow European football. So the team that I like in European football, Real Madrid, are, are bitter rivals. So I, just one day I was like, what's up on the basketball front? Are we just as bad? And then I read all this stuff about Luca, who's my age. So I was like, damn, I'm 16 and this guy. So when he got, when he was coming, to the NBA, I was like, yeah, he's going to go to the, he should go to the Suns, should be number one, should be number one. I I wasn't into following NBA news, so I was stunned that the Mavs got him. It felt like a perfect marriage. And since that season, I haven't looked back, watched almost every game, followed it as diehardly as I can. And yep. Awesome. That scene. Uh, <laughs> That's- I'm wondering, Kishan, are you a Barca fan? Yes, I'm a Barca fan. Big Barca fan. <laughs> oh, I grew man. up watching Messi. Like it's hard not to be a Barca fan. And have you been watching Euroleague basketball before NBA, or what's the basketball uh, scene in India like? I was wondering, do you have like a so, strong local league? No, we don't have a national local league. Uh, we right now. So my other job, my day job, technically is uh, working as a communications consultant, and one of my one of the people I freelance for is an agency that does the PR work for NBA India. And the focus here is a lot more like, you know, developing that grassroots talent. You guys know about Satnam. We want more Satnams in uh, in the NBA, of course, from our end. So there's a lot of development that's been happening over the last five, six years. The NBA Academy opened about five, six years ago in India. So, I mean, I hope there's a change in the future, but like there's the commercial interest in basketball is very like it's still growing like there's a long way to go before you can feasibly make money off a basketball league in india yeah it's probably nowhere cricket or even football uh, yeah cricket and football yeah yeah it's, it <laughs> no religions i imagine yes uh, cricket yes Yes, yeah, cricket especially, I know. Um, yeah, as far as uh, me and NBA basketball goes, uh, I've been watching a lot of, since I was a kid, a lot of uh, basketball was always my favorite sport, so I've been watching it uh, since I was a kid. Uh, I was uh, Marko Milic, the new development coach uh, Mavs got from uh, the Slovenia. I was actually at the... Uh, 
all-star game where he dunked over the car. And uh, I can't remember. I was 10 or maybe even younger. And it was an amazing experience. Like at that age, just seeing that. And it probably was one of the moments that made me fall in love with basketball. Like a bunch of people uh, my age or even older and younger, of course, uh, that was one of the breakthrough moments in Slovenian basketball, as funny as it sounds. But yeah, a guy dunking over a car can do wonders for uh, uh, popularity of the sport. Although in this particular region, the ex-Yugoslavia um, region, basketball has always been extremely popular and the region produced always great players, uh, probably even before guys like Dražen Petrovic and Divac. Uh, there were players who were good enough to play in the NBA, just never got a chance. But since then, of course, Jokic Luka now, but, you know, both Bogdanovic's and Dragic and a bunch of, I mean, Nurkic. Yeah, yeah. It, it really, I mean, the amount of talent that uh, can be found in this uh, region is uh, tremendous and basketball is uh, can rival football which is not like usual in Europe uh, soccer uh, for US fans but in this particular region uh, Slovenia Croatia Serbia of course Bosnia uh, basketball can even with its popularity at times rival football uh, uh, so yeah I've been a huge fan since I was a kid but started watching more NBA than EuroLeague, sort of 2005, 6, uh, 2004, maybe 2005, uh, with the seven seconds or less suns. Although I've been watching, I remember when I was a kid, um, I remember watching, there was a German cable sport channel, which had a lot of Mavs games, like late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, of course, German cable sports channel. And yeah, they almost had like, I don't know, 40, 50 games, Mavs games per season on their channel. So I did watch Dirk a lot as a kid as well. Uh, but I watched more EuroLeague, uh, European basketball till like 2005, 2006. Uh, uh, and with those seven seconds or less sounds like uh, stat. Amara Stoudemire, Nash, that, that particular play. I always, there was one play that made me like completely, uh, a complete NBA, huge NBA fan. It was uh, Nash, Amare, pick and roll. That was a thing of absolute beauty and uh, their teams were extremely fun to watch. Uh, and I got into really like a hardcore NBA fan with those teams. And then, of course, expanded my portfolio of teams I follow and watch. Um, always watched a lot of maps, um, like I said, uh, with Dirk and, of course, the championship year when everybody who wasn't a Heat fan all over the world <laughs> were supporting maps. The maps. Um, so, yeah, and me as well. And, uh, um, and yeah, of course, now with Luca, the last few years, I've been following Maz extremely closely. But, yeah, just in general, when people ask me uh, uh, which team or, well, whose fan are you? I usually say I'm, I'm an NBA fan. I'm a basketball fan first. And then it goes through rankings uh, of different teams and players. Because yeah, I'm also a player fan, probably 
before like a team fan in the sense of like I always watch teams KD, Giannis, Jokic, LeBron play for. I always watch their games no matter which team they play. And we can say the same for Luca. I mean, you <laughs> want to watch great players um, as much as great teams, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. And that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, what was I going to say on top of that? Well, I'll, I'll do this. And Reese, if you need to jump in, just do so. Um, how did you how did you get into sports media specifically? Uh, we'll start with you, Ishan. Like, is that that seed that was planted in, in young Ishan? Did that just carry over as you grew up or how did that happen? So um, I actually wanted to be a political or defense reporter when I was going to college. So I went to college to actually become a defense, like a military reporter. <laughs> and um, I don't know, uh, I was always just a huge sports fan. Like I had my own website in school, which like I just kept it for myself, not that I would share articles that I've written, but I'd write stuff for myself just to see like if I can do it, whatever. And when I went to college, um, I, you guys must have seen this website. It's called Sports Kida, Sports Kida, whatever. Um, so they, they actually take like open writer applications and you can just like make an account, start writing and go through an editorial, uh, thing and like it'll work out. I wrote 50 articles from them for them ever since my second semester in college to the end of my fourth semester. I wrote 50 articles. I got a million views. And um, for me, that was massive like motivation to keep going. So I switched over. I did internships within Indian media or website and newspaper in sports. And um, then I started working for a lot of these aggregator websites that you see. So Sports Kira is one of them. I work for another one called Essentially Sports, uh, where when I was there, I got to interview some MMA people because I used to actually cover football initially, football and pro wrestling. Then I started covering the UFC and then I started covering basketball in 2020 during the, uh, right before the bubble okay. is when I actually started covering basketball. So, yep, that's how, and I'm right now working for Fadeaway World. It's a, Sports Illustrated group website. It's fun. Uh, never thought, never thought that I'd be in a position where I can, you know, work and sustain myself by trying to make something happen as a basketball writer all the way from here. You know, there are a lot of challenges, a lot of hurdles, but I think it's a good start for the first few years. I would, I would say so. I don't, I don't think I've hit a million views across every website I've. I've, I've <laughs> And I've written a lot more articles, so that's 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 awesome. Uh, Matei, give us a little bit of your your history there on the the sports information side. Yeah, it's actually interesting when Nishan was talking about um, uh, uh, his start. I mean, I, I actually did uh, at the end of high school, start of college, intern uh, on a TV and radio station where I interned in the uh, political. Um, uh, 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 what is called editorship or uh, uh, the political department. But I did want to talk about sports and I was interested more about talking about sports, but they had an opening in the political side of things. So I did start, I mean, I got sort of uh, some insight into how media works through that. But soon after that, a, a friend of mine, actually his dad started, uh, uh, that was like 2006, 7. 
started um, uh, a radio station, which actually uh, just transmitted uh, over the web and uh, the cable, through the cable providers uh, uh, on the television. And it sounded interesting because that was sort of the beginning of podcasting and everything. And it sounded really interesting to me. So I worked there, uh, interned there uh, for some time. Uh, and then soon after that, uh, just started podcasting, writing, met a few people who were interested in the same thing. And we started, yeah, podcasting, talking about sports, um, streaming and using different media outlets to talk about sports because uh, that's the basic motive, actually. I mean, I just like talking about sports, uh, talking with interesting people from all over the world. That's even better. And uh, uh, to have an opportunity to do that is just a pleasure for me and uh, always enjoyable. So it's not as much of a business or a sort of career path for me although it's becoming more of it lately, but still not my predominant uh, occupation. I mean, I'm, I'm a graphic and web designer. Uh, that's what I mainly do, but um, doing even more or a lot of uh, podcasting and writing about basketball lately and might do even a bit more of it uh, in the future or do only that. We'll see uh, that's still in the future. But yeah, it's... Uh, just probably like for you guys, it's a really enjoyable thing to write, talk about sports and uh, analyze <laughs> the happenings. I mean, what's going on around the world of sports. Okay. Graphic designer, you say. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? may, may have to have a conversation. Uh, I have to have a conversation. Okay. <laughs> like have sure. a conversation. Glad to. We're looking for work. I saw the tweet. I saw the tweet. <laughs> man, I had so many random people pop up. I thought we Ah man, look. <laughs> I don't remember what picture it was, or t- I wanted to change something. I wanted something photoshopped or something like that. And all I did was put a tweet out like, you know, uh anyone that's really good with Photoshop or graphic designers, you know, uh it's, it, I can't remember what the picture was. DM stuff flooding. Like, I'm like, what the? And I'm like, okay, maybe this is how they look for work on social media. Like, they just yeah. sell graphic designers, Photoshop, whatever. Because it's like, let you notice know right now. Okay, don't ask how I know this. If you ever tweet the term sugar daddy, It's going to be a bunch of old dudes replying to that tweet with Cash App. <laughs> a girl I know tweeted something one time, and I replied, you need to get you a sugar daddy. And a bunch of old dudes start replying to my tweet with like that Cash App, and I'm like, this is getting out of hand. That's what it is for graphic designers. I can yeah, if, you, if you send a tweet out saying, I need to get an essay written, you, it'll just flood your mentions with people uh, offering to write your essay for you. So I think people try to use that for ratios. Like, if they're getting, like, really, like, destroyed on a tweet, they try to say that, and the bot likes it, so it helps out. Yeah, I mean, everybody uses Adobe uh, uh, 
apps now, Photoshop, InDesign, yeah. uh, Illustrator, like even people who uh, don't do it professionally. Actually, uh, it's easy. Uh, they are easy to learn, uh, to be quite yeah. honest. So if you just take some time and start playing around with Photoshop, you can you know learn it pretty fast at least the basic at least the stuff when you have to put players in different jerseys that, that goes. and if you don't you, I, I, some people are amazingly fast when i see like when there are uh, you know trades or stuff like that happening like five seconds after the trade you got people you know already with photoshops of players in the new jersey and done extremely well <laughs> i'm gonna ask you this before we move on um do you freelance with the graphic design i do i do okay I do. Just, making, just making sure i want to we'll talk babes <laughs> all right so i appreciate you guys giving us that that background that's i always enjoy that Matei, you had a tweet a couple weeks ago i think and i don't remember seeing anybody talking about it so i wanted to bring it up on this pod it was uh you mentioned that ito mirich had been offered the two-way by dallas yeah. Uh, I, that's what, yeah, that's what he said uh, in a preseason interview uh, that he's been offered the two-way contract and that he decided to stay with the local team here in Ljubljana, Cedivita Olympia, uh, probably two-way contracts. That's uh, around half a million with uh, taxes. So that's 250 after taxes uh, and he probably earns more uh, after taxes on uh, local team here or around that and uh, to sit on a bench in the NBA. <laughs> he probably saw what uh, Tyler should have seen uh, when he signed his two-way uh, contract because uh, it's looking like, yeah, he's not going to play at all. And I think he might be regretting his decision. Murich is not, obviously. But yeah, he said yeah. he was offered the two-way contract. Any thoughts on that, Reese or Ishan? <laughs> No, I don't remember. I don't even remember him doing anything with the Slovenia team. Like he was maybe getting a couple minutes here and there. I mean, he was pretty good in a small ball lineups, playing the small ball four or five. The guy, you know, he's uh, he fights. He he's got a good motor, but as far as talent and ability is concerned, yeah, he wasn't the top five, top six uh, player. In the national team, and the only reason, to be quite frank, uh, Mavs offered this contract is because they wanted to uh, bring another buddy for Luca. I was literally about to ask, is that <laughs> what this is like? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like Luca has enough buddies on the team already. I think he does, and I mean he doesn't I mean, need like. Sorry, Sean. Is... No, I was just saying, uh, Faku clearly a Luca, Luca buddy on the team now. Let's hope. Look, no ink has been signed to paper yet. Okay, I saw Mark Stein say, you know, things could change based off how the waiver wire goes. So let's yeah. hope they decide that Kimba Walker dude might be better. Please, I think uh, it's a done deal. Based on Euro media, like uh, credible Euro media reports, it's pretty much a done deal. He's gonna. Come to Dallas, uh, do the medical, and if he passes the medical, I think they're signing him uh, for a minimum. I guess they got one more yeah. spot, so I'm guess it has to be a minimum as well because 
He had a nine million three years, nine million offer from Fenerbahce, one of Euroleague giants, and that's post taxes. So that's equivalent of three years, eighteen million in NBA. Uh, a substantial contract, but from everything I've read, he really wants to give it another go in the NBA, um, and he's willing to leave some money on the table. And Mavs seemingly offered some minutes as well, based on the preseason games we've been watching. They obviously saw what we've all known, and how come they didn't know that before those preseason games is another mystery to me. Especially now we got Nico in the front office. I thought Nico is not going to make those kind of mistakes, uh, and they got yeah, they're going to get um, an undersized. Uh, point guard uh, who uh, is a uh, well very poor shooter. I remember in Real Madrid when they he played with Luca. Actually, he always annoyed me because when they played together on the floor, it meant Luca wasn't playing on the po- playing the point guard position, and the team ran much better with Luca at point guard. I mean that was obvious, and the numbers confirmed it as well. Although the two ball handler lineups, of course, with Luca and Campazzo were as well extremely efficient. Uh, but yeah, it wasn't as fun as Luca running the team. But he's a good, I think he's a typical um, EuroLeague player, uh, a player who's more valuable in EuroLeague than he is in NBA. Yeah, uh, a lot of those, I think, yes. Yeah, I was going to say a lot of those small guards usually flourish in EuroLeague first. First the NBA, just yeah. because of the, the difference in size and athleticism probably. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, I got some breaking news I wanted to to get out here. Okay. Uh, the the Timberwolves cut or waived PJ Dozier and AJ Lawson. Um, and the Mavs said they were waiting on their final decisions to see what happens with the waiver wire. I can see either one of those guys getting a call. Um, additionally, Compatso. Yeah, I don't think it's over. They would take them over Compazzo. No, I mean Dorsey. Dorsey might be on the way. Oh, out. On a two way. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you, both of them should be eligible for two ways, if I'm not mistaken. Well, hold on. What year did PJ Doja come out? He might have came out the same year as Luca. PJ Doja. I think he might, did. He might not be eligible, and if they count last yeah, year, I was gonna say Adrian. If they count last year, then he wouldn't be eligible. Um. Because he didn't play, he was injured the entire season. But I don't remember if he was on a roster or not, and if that counts. Um, also, that man is a Miami Heat. <laughs> I mean, they need someone in the front court. They need someone in the front court. Uh, Jordan Poole got his four-year, one hundred forty million dollar extension. What else? That's all I got. All right. Something tells me that name is going to come up again this podcast. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, four years, 144. Ooh. I saw 140. 140, oh, excuse me. 144 is what he could have got it, gotten if he waited. He got 140 now. So he's getting $35 million a year around. God bless the Warriors' pockets. Um, Must be but, nice to have an owner who isn't afraid to dip into his pockets. Yeah. Uh, All right. I was going to ask this one thing, but I think we probably should move on. Uh, I'll, I'll just mention this. We don't have to talk about it. 
Uh, Matei, you also shared the clip of Chanchar being interviewed about the difference between Luka and Jokic. Um, and there was a quote. There was actually, he was asked about it twice. Uh, but I, I got the first one that was, uh, everybody asked me that. And I'm really glad I get to play with both. I feel like Luca has more of that FU attitude. He'll go in your face every time if he wants to. Nikola is more poised, calm, but they both care the same. So pretty much saying, you know, they're both competitors. Luca's going to be more loud and vocal about it. Uh, Jokic is going to be more poised and calm about it, but they're both trying to kill you at the end of the day. So. Yeah, and Jokic sometimes is trying to kill you literally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, ask Marquis Morris. Yeah, I mean, I mean, because like Chancher, that quote, uh, like you said, he said it uh, um, at the, uh, the press day, and then on the local radio station, he was asked the same. And as soon after he said it, he also added, "But yeah, we know Jokic, uh, Joe Yoke can also get pretty pissed off sometimes." And then started laughing. So, <laughs> uh, Jokic does have. Uh, I mean, he's from the Balkans. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't think anybody has any doubts about Jokic being able to take care of himself if it came down to it anymore. If they, if they ever did, and if he doesn't, or his brothers. I was gonna say if he doesn't do it, his brothers will. So, <laughs> uh, all right, we're gonna move to the math specific stuff. Unless anybody has anything else they want to share before we get started on the, the, the preview or what have you. Going once, we're good to go. All right. So the first thing, you know, it's been a, I haven't asked you guys this question. I think me and Reese kind of already answered this one specifically, but I, I want to get your takes. Uh, how do you how do you grade this offseason, uh, Ishan, for the Dallas Mavericks? Um, I think I have to give it a B minus and. I, I genuinely don't know if that's if that's something most people agree with or disagree with because you know the scale is so insane with how the fans react. I've seen it and A, I've seen it and D, but I think B minus is perfectly okay because the team is definitely better than what it was when we played uh, the Warriors. It's objectively a better team in terms of the depth they have added. Hopefully, in theory, we haven't seen it fully play out but in theory it looks like a better on paper rotation and it's definitely 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 better than the roster we came into last season with because that roster looking back kind of like most of those guys are not in the league right now like if you think about it we the you have to give nico and the front office credit there but it's a b minus because i think we didn't exactly go after the right people like christian wood in terms of fit completely understand why you would make that move especially at the price you got him for completely understand that but my larger issue was i still don't trust the wing depth and i from all the reports i just don't think the mavs even tried to get like a certified 3 and D wing get that pressure off bullock and dfs because i can understand if you're saying george green is being groomed for that role but then you can't also tell me that george green is being groomed to be a secondary ball handler like let that man pick a struggle like don't struggle at two things <laughs> pick one and um, yeah and the massive elephant in the room is Jalen Brunson like i understand why we let him go but i will not be like it's stupid to not say that the team wouldn't be 
a top like what the larger media would also be agreeing with is that the Mavs are a top four seed if we still had Brunson because we spent this entire off season chasing backcourt depth. Like that's all the players we've been linked to. Linked to have been guards. Uh, so many guards have gotten an opportunity in preseason. Like I understand THJ, you getting all these things back that technically make you better. But I think that production from Brunson is going to be sorely missed. You don't let someone who's shown that he can be a twenty-point scorer playing alongside Luka Doncic while deferring. Like I think that's that's going to be a hard. Thing to find, like not from a production perspective, but at least from a mentality perspective, to get a player who understands what his role is completely to the T. I think we're going to miss that, and well, eighty-eight million would have been perfect, but we fumbled that bag before the offseason. So there you go, yeah. literally. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, you mentioned Team Hardaway. Uh, I mean, one of the things that pissed me off during the offseason is Cuban saying that uh, getting uh, Timmy back is like signing a new player. I think it was Cuban who said it. And yeah. that, like, that reduces the grade for me just that. <laughs> just saying something like that got, got to get him a lower grade. But the player you actually mentioned last, or the one before you mentioned last, before Timmy, uh, Jalen Brunson, when we're talking about this offseason, I have to start there, and this is just like a disastrous thing. If you're building a contender, the way Mavs are building it, after all the missed opportunities, they already missed uh, in the last few years, since Luca was signed pretty much, all the chances they had to improve the team the the trade exception they had the huge trade exception a couple of seasons ago that they just let let it go to waste and a bunch of other possible moves and when you talked about bringing guards giving guard chance anybody but Dragic obviously is the <laughs> the motto in Dallas because uh, uh, that's also another move that I still think would have helped although I am hearing uh, a lot of that. I just, about Dragic, just one thing. And again, this is complete hearsay. Like, it's not even anything. It's in my head. I genuinely think Cubes is a little worried about what Dragic might have to say to Luca if they're in the same locker room for 82 games. I think, like, Dragic is a veteran. Luca trusts him almost completely. I think, like, from a front office perspective, they might want to avoid the harsh truths that Goran might have about how the franchise is operating. Take a few bad games and Goran hit him in the locker room, like, "Hey, bro, you, you sure this what you you sure this way you want to be?" Like, you know, <laughs> he's sick of he's sick of being in the pick and roll with Dwight Powell. Goran's like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I, I talked about it. Uh, they don't want him like in his ear saying. That never happened to me in Miami. I mean, Petro Ali's got things, you know, locked down there. Everything he says happens. We got to the finals with a team nobody expected to. And then they brought in, you know, better players, improved. And then they traded me when they wanted to improve the team. But they told me straight up before I signed the extension. So and they, that's gave him, the way. they gave him a big contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they, they took care of him. And they you don't did, see, they you don't see Pat Riley on the radio every day talking about all kinds of crazy things. That's all I'm saying. 
and he's not even the owner. He's the GM. Right. Who I don't even know who the owner is. I have no idea. Oh, uh, Mickey Arison. Arison, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yes. And Riley's actually the president. Riley's actually the president, and the GM again. Nobody actually knows his name, but he's a numbers cruncher. Uh, he's just a numbers guy. Riley uh, makes most of the decisions, along with Spolstra. They got a sort of a triumvirate of uh, 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 leadership there, which functions very well, and probably. They don't want, I completely agree, Sean, they don't want Dragic in his ear uh, saying things like, you know, there's better options out there if you want to win, if you really want to, you know, contend for a championship year in, year out. And I think there's something to it, just because they are so resistant for years now. I mean, it just seems like, you know, he's offering himself pretty much. And he looked good during the preseason with the Bulls. Like, I have to say, if he keeps playing like he did on the national team and the last few games on the Bulls, Bulls are going to be fun with him and Caruso coming off the bench, uh, good back, or Drummond as well uh, as a backup. But that's another topic for later. Uh, As far as the Mavs grade goes, for me, the JB uh, leading the way he did, Mavs getting nothing in return, has to automatically put it down to a C. And then we're working on from there. Woods and Javel were good acquisitions. Javel's contract might be a bit high. And the fact that they have to had to promise uh, a guy who was coming off the bench for the past few seasons a starting role just to get him to sign in Dallas, also says something about those talks with Dallas is a desirable destination, free agents want to come here. I mean, Javel didn't want to come if they didn't promise him a starting role and oh, a slightly overpaid, overpaid definitely, uh, not by a lot. I think he would have gotten a similar contract, but probably not three years. So uh, I have to stick somewhere around C just because they lost JB. I, I like also the draft of Hardy. seems like a good, I mean, it definitely is a good second round pick. You're not going to, you know, do better in the second round or potentially better. So I got nothing to complain there, but just the way they lost JB and the fact that they knew, they, they had to know or see that was coming. There were so many signs again, and they, with all the rumors that they wanted to trade him as well, they had to know, you know, JB is not going to just, you know, take it. <laughs> like, yeah. so that, that really puts it down to a C for me. And I think JB is gonna, going to have a great season yeah, in New York. Get ahead of yourself. I, ahead of yourself. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, Reese, did you want to chime in on that, on that grade or? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I agree more so with Ishan. My exact rate was a B minus. Um, <clears throat> the loss of JB was tough. Um, I'd be a fool to say we made up for it because we didn't. Now, if we had JaVale McGee and Christian Wood with Jalen Brunson still on the team, I would be so high on this team. Like Jalen Brunson still have Spencer Dinwiddie, still have Tim Hardaway Jr., Josh Green possibly taking a leap and adding JaVale McGee and Christian Wood, I'd be much higher on this team than uh, I am now. But uh, I still think Christian Wood is a great addition. I think he's looked pretty good in the uh, 
in the preseason so far with Luca, uh, as far as those pick and pop opportunities go, the numbers speak for themselves until they don't. And right now they do. Uh, JaVale McGee, I understand the, uh, the backlash it got. I wasn't as negative on it. I understood what people meant as far as, you know, oh, we gave him too much money, but we've been asking for a solid big for a long time. JaVale McGee has been consistently one of the best quote unquote backup bigs in the NBA. Uh, in my opinion, now granted, he's going to be starting here, but, <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I don't agree with it, but I guess if they want that defense straight out the gate and like, uh, Matei said, if these are the things you have to offer guys just to get them to come to Dallas, that's a sign and not a good sign and not a good sign for the future, even when you have cap space, because that means you're going to have to overpay for dudes, but that's a different topic for another day. Um, I think Jaden Hardy, Jaden Hardy, I don't believe is going to have a huge impact on this team this season, but I'm grading the off season on just a team aspect. Jaden Hardy, I think can develop into a really good player in the future. And you've got a piece for the future whether you think it's a JB replacement or not, even if it's not an immediate JB replacement, that's a dude for a building block for the future. Cause I think his ceiling is higher than Jalen Brunson's uh, to be quite yeah. honest, whether he gets there or not, that's on him. He may not ever reach it. He may not ever be as good as Jalen Brunson. Um, the whole Tim Hardaway Jr. Free agent thing. Come on, man. Like, like we understand that getting Tim Hardaway Jr. back is an addition to this team in a positive one. Don't try to put a spin on it because you kind of fell short in the offseason and free agency. Like, we understand. Now you're making yourself look bad by saying, oh, that's like another free agent signing. They did that when we got Kristaps Porzingis. Like, when we got Kristaps, who didn't play a single game for us, and we re-signed him to a max deal, they said, oh, well, that's our big free agent signing. No, no it's not. No, no, and that not. was an insane free agent class. That class was just full of full to the brim with amazing talent. And, and we, we could have had a max with, We came we away with try. the lawn right and Wessawundu. We did not even yes. try. Did not even try to call anybody. We went straight to dinner with KP, turned the phones off. Like the infamous dinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, like if we didn't sign him, dude was just gonna take the qualifying offer and we just still had him. So it's like he couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> like, so what like uh, anyway, um, I still do give it a B minus. Um, this team is like uh like Ishan said, this team is objectively better than the team we had against the Warriors and definitely better than the team we had going into last season. So that's a plus in itself, uh, which also isn't saying much. But, um, yeah, I give it a B minus. I don't want to give it a C because I don't want to get on it too bad, but I can see it, like, as far as Matei goes and other people, because if I'm honest, I think most of the fan base would be in the C category than the B category. I can understand it. I just have a different perspective on it. Yeah, because both of you guys, Ishan and Yuri, said you guys think it's a better team than what we had in the conference finals against the Warriors. 
I just think you might be underrating JB a little bit here. And if what you said, if they kept JV and did all of those moves, that would have been an A for me. May, quite possibly an A. But yeah. that's how much I value the loss of JB. Uh, that just losing him knocks it down for to see for me. And I just don't see anybody on the team that can replace what he did. Because we also had Dinwiddie, uh, Spencer, and he's going to start now. I think JB fits a little better than Spence, but that's another debate. But that leaves such a big hole off the bench that I just, when I was watching, like, the nine guys who might, who probably be in the power rotation, use the most, like, the bench guys coming off the bench, I just have no confidence right now as far as setting the offense and running the team. Well, we'll see what Campazzo will do. It's... He might be an interesting piece here, just running the offense yeah. with the talent he's going to have around him. It could look good. So I'll reserve my opinion here. Uh, Campazzo can't be worse than he was in Denver last season. And he'll fit a bit better on the Mavs as a reserve PG because he played a lot with Jokic last season. Uh, more than probably they wanted him to uh, when they signed him. So he'll get to run probably uh, the team off the bench here alone as a pass-first PG uh, who doesn't lose a lot of balls, doesn't commit a lot of turnovers. Might be okay here, but I'm still not there. Just the loss of JB looms so large, in my opinion. I think for me personally, I had uh, I wrote down B-minus as well. And the reason I allowed it to stay as a B minus is because I don't blame the front office for Jalen Brunson. Um, They, at the end of the day, they had no control over whether or not he could stay. Now, as far as are we better versus last year, I think we're close to where we were at the start of last year. I'll say that because I think people forget Jalen Brunson was still an unclear commodity at that point. Uh, as well because he was trash in the playoffs um so (laughs) i i think Jalen brunson coming along how he did by the end of the year changed how that looked uh, how that roster looked because we we had the same question last year that we had this year is who's going to be that secondary ball handler um i like to add that um when those questions were asked on this podcast, I was telling people Jalen Brunson could be the secondary ball handler. Uh, not letting that go. Just continue, brother. <laughs> hey, he 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 stepped up. He showed he showed he could do it, and now he's getting a bag to be the first ball handler. So I wasn't going that far. <laughs> shout out to Jalen uh, for for capitalizing on the opportunity. But speaking of that secondary ball handler, I, I wanted y'all to get a little creative. Get uh get a little um. Put your thinking caps on, your coach caps on. Forget what the actual situation is and tell me what your ideal starting lineup would be based on what the roster is now. You can include Faku. We'll assume that he's getting signed. Uh, what would your ideal starting lineup be, uh, Reese? My ideal, I've gone back and forth with this. Um, we've kind of discussed it a bit uh, when the false information about Dinwiddie coming off the bench came out. <laughs> um, 
But for me, my ideal starting lineup would be Luca at the one, uh, Reggie Bullock at the three, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, JaVale at the five, uh, and Tim Hardaway Jr. at the two. Now, I was going back and forth between THJ and Josh Green because a lot of people say, hey, you want to have that defense out there. But you also want to have that defense, some defense in the second unit as well. You want that energy guy in the second unit. You want that hustle guy in the second unit. And I think Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie Bullock, in the most part, can hold their own. Uh, JaVale McGee, I think, is better defensively as far as rim protection than Dwight Powell. I think that's an objective statement. (laughs) Um, But also with JaVale McGee on the court, I'm not as confident in Josh Green's shot yet to where I want him out there in that lineup. And you want the most shooting around Luca as possible. So uh, I think having THJ out there, a lot of people think he's better off the bench. I get that. But I think having that flamethrower, possible flamethrower to start the game with Luca, with that defense out there, with other guys who can hurt you from the three, like Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, with that rim protector in the paint, uh, gives better opportunity for spacing, at least until we know Josh Green's shot is consistent. But, uh, yeah, I think right now with the roster we have, that's the ideal starting lineup for me, the realistic starting lineup. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not mad at that at all. I think I was having that exact conversation with somebody on the timeline yesterday as well. Um, I think before let's, let's talk about it. You brought it up before the fake news came out that Spencer Dinwiddie was going to the bench. And I know a certain journalist, all, all love, no disrespect at all. A certain journalist wanted to pretend he didn't say it, but he did say it. And said it. He, he literally said, not sure who's going to get the starting two spot between Josh Green, Jaden Hardy. That 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 was those were your words. And Frank Nielakino. Yeah, Frank Nielakino. Like those those were words that you typed out on your computer. That's when we should have known something was wrong. Because if they just showed that this dude ain't coming off the bench for us, why would he be in the lineup? Like, I... and that was the thing. Like the quote when you hear it is you know, he'll be with that second group. And we know Luca's playing the entire first quarter. <laughs> when Luca comes out, somebody's going to need to be with that second group. That didn't mean that Spencer Dinwiddie was not going to start. It meant he was going to come out probably at that six-minute mark with JaVale and then come in at the start of the second quarter uh, to, to take over that second group. Staggering the minutes, basically. So my buddy made an assumption. It was wrong. And, I, you know, here... I'm, I don't know if he's listening. I don't know if any of his people listening. If you make a mistake, just own it, man. Just there's no need to to do the the cloak and dagger with people putting out statements on your behalf. You you made a misleading statement. It's okay. We've all done it. Uh, I think yesterday I said something about McKinley Wright coming in at the six minute mark of the first quarter based on a misinterpreted quote. I was wrong. He meant the last six minutes of the game, not six minute mark of the first quarter. Like it's no big, it's not a big deal to admit you were wrong. And that's, I I, I don't want to make that a big deal, but it was funny to me, like how weird it became that people were acting like buddy didn't say that Spencer Dinwiddie was coming off the bench. Anyway, with that said, after that tweet, you know, we had the conversation, like you said, and based on the idea of it being between Josh, Jaden Hardy, and Frank, I was like, Josh, then, like, let's do yeah. it. Like, Josh is clearly my guy. Like, I'm championing Josh is that in that role. But prior to that, when 
Uh, we noticed that Frank Nilekina still can't dribble. He didn't get into a magical bubble in the offseason and learn how to dribble. Uh, the idea of moving Spencer to the bench was already discussed because I felt like he needed to be with that bench unit. And at that time, I Tim was my front runner for that, that two-guard spot. Tim played his best basketball when he was starting beside Luca because Luca controls when he gets the ball. He's not just going to be throwing up whatever. Like if Luca gives him the ball, he wants him to shoot it versus Tim doing whatever he wants with Spencer Dinwiddie dribbling or whatever. Uh, I'm back on that train. I'm, I'm down. I'm with you, Reese, on the Luca, Tim, Reggie, DFS, Javal starting lineup. Luca, Javal pick and roll, guys on the wings. Like, that's that's the way we like to to play basketball at the end of the day and it allows us to play with guys who are familiar with each other in that those positions it allows us to set the tone defensively with javel on the in the paint not allowing easy layups um he surprised me with his athleticism still at, at his advanced age and i say that as someone who's not are we close to the same age anyway no he's barely he's barely older than me so javel yeah, he's what, 30, is he 37? I don't think he's 30. Heck no. 33, 34. I'm, so I'm 34. I'm 34. So. JaVale McGee isn't 37. He can't be 37. He's 34. I was thinking 34 initially. I'm 37. But then 34 felt wrong because I'm 34. So now I got to. Uh, he's 34. 37. He's not. Yep. He is 34. He ain't been in the league long enough to be 37. <laughs> I had to think. Like, I was like, how long has JaVale been around? So, yeah. He's been around for a while. He's been around for a while. There's 35 in January. Okay. Um, so he's like seven months older than me. Anyway, I'm very surprised at how athletic he's looked in the preseason. I hope he could stay healthy. That's that's something that's that's on my mind a little bit. Uh, I know he has asthma as well, so that's why he's playing in the short bursts. But I, I like that lineup. And then, like you said, Josh, if Tim Hardaway Jr. is a brick straight off the gate, he can come out early and Josh can come in at that point. Like, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I don't think that that has to be a, a complicated thing. Um, Ishan, what, what do you have? Yep. Um, so, again, like both of you, I had the four locks, which is Luca, Reggie, DFS, and Joel. Um, realistically, I do think, uh, one thing I definitely don't want is, I think Reese touched on it is, uh, basically putting Josh into the starting lineup for all the reasons that he said, I think the way, like one of the ways the maps can succeed, especially with the versatility of the players that we do have, especially on the offensive end is that you try to stagger the people that you can. I don't want the three best wing players on the court to start, like, I don't want Green, Bullock, and DFS all, like, burning up through the, the first six minutes. And then at the six-minute mark, you see Frank Nielikina's coming in. Because, like, that's just the way the rotation will line up with the lack of wings on the roster. Beyond that, so, no Josh for me. Even though I'm, you know, I'm a big Josh Green believer, supporter, everything. I think I think he can have a wonderful season. I think he can earn that starting starting spot by the end of the year just because he will he can be just the best option we have but i think tim is the safest bet uh i know that it's spencer but the same with josh not playing with reggie and dfs a lot i don't want spence on the court with luca that much i guess in a closing lineup situation i perfectly understand it you want to have you want to have maximum offense 
but i did i did have a fun lineup as well like a lineup i i really just want to see it like a lineup of nobody shorter than 67 i think luka would be the shortest no luka reggie would be the shortest guy in this lineup which is luka at the 1 reggie at the 2 go back to where he started play dfs at the 3 play wood at the 4 and play magi at the 5 i don't think i don't think it fits well but i just want to see it for the banter because i like you you've got you've got three shooters and javel magi which i feel like is the basic archetype they're going for for their starting lineup is that you have shooting that can make up for magi in the paint but everybody is a threat playing alongside luka because he can give it to the open shooter he can dish it to magi in the paint so i mean it all, all the lineups we have a pretty optimized for what luka doncic can do with the basketball so it, it'll be fun jason kidd we know whatever rotation he starts with is not going to be the rotation we have in december so i see like there's so many spoil he i think he said jaden hardy is not in the rotation yeah. uh he's he's made like his preseason is like yeah he's going to get some minutes but he didn't plan to have him in the rotation that's why i actually think compazzo comes in because you don't want like in a clutch situation to give it to the rookie in an nba situation so i think they might rely on compazzo just from a vet perspective i know he's like third year nba player fourth year nba player but like he's a veteran in, at basketball and compazzo gives us something which i don't think we've had for a while it's the only silver lining i can find is that we're going to have a backup guard who is a dog like he's going to get after you on defense and i think just that even if you're just playing him 8 to 11 minutes a night if in those 8 to 11 minutes he's just running after people he's just making it uncomfortable because we know he's not a good defender but i think hustle and effort gets you a long way in the nba and i think like compazzo is definitely going to be in the rotation but starting lineup luka tim reggie dfs mcgee okay i will say ishan i considered a lineup similar but instead of christian wood at the full i was going to do max cleaver yeah i think that that's going to be like the max offense lineup that they can because then you have every shooter you have size cleaver not the best paint defender but like he has defensive chops he has defensive awareness he knows how to move his feet i think that's an option like i think that's definitely something we're going to see over this season Big lineup is intriguing to me as well. Lakers won a championship with it. Uh, sort of Wood in the role of AD on the Lakers. They were starting two bigs as well. And I do like this proposition very much. Because if you guys remember the second season with Luka, when they were starting pre-injury Powell and... Uh, 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 KP together mm-hmm. it worked very well they had a historically great offense with the um, KP popping for three and um, uh, power rolling to the rim staggered screens two simultaneous options defense doesn't know where to help which also gives Luka more space for a mid-range that he didn't have back then and he does have now so it's a very intriguing proposition to me and especially because like i mentioned lakers lebron luka is a fair comparison when it comes to their playmaking and lebron really thrived with those two uh, in this combo with two bigs so yeah. i can actually see or like you mentioned reese 
with Maxi. Uh, at the mm -hmm. four, same thing can be said, and especially if Maxi is on a hot shooting streak, could be even better than uh, than Woods. Although the ideal starting lineup when we're talking ideal, uh, it's probably when we're talking one through four, it's Luca, Dinwiddie, uh, Bullock, and uh, DFS, Dodo, uh, and probably ultimately Wood at the five. I'm guessing that should be uh, the ideal, you can play five out, a complete five out, which also would giving you some rolling options, some of that vertical spacing that's always good to have uh, on the team to draw together some, uh, uh, draw some defense into the paint and then uh, um, have those open shots. So, although Luca can do that by, by himself, so that's why five out works as well. I think the ultimate goal should be, and I don't know if you guys agree, but what at the five? So I think he agrees. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's definitely what he wants, uh, apparently. And it seems that Kid and the staff aren't sure he's ready for that. Um, I think, you know, historically he's been a little light in the pants on defense and they don't want to put him out there as the primary big. I definitely understand that personally. Um, he can definitely, like I said, like you said, he could earn that or grow into that over the course of the year, but he has to show it first. He has to, he has to, he has to prove that he can handle that. Um, I don't want to see him by, getting bodied by Jokic and Embiid personally, but you know, is this one I've, we've talked about the name Compazzo a lot and, you know, we feel how we feel about the signing, but I will say as far as a silver lining, the dude can pass the hell out of the ball. Like yes. he knows how to set the table for guys. And I can't remember if it was on here or if we talked about it in the group chat, but someone was comparing Dinwiddie and Brunson's assist numbers. And they were like, oh, well, it's the same. And it was around like 3.4, 3.6. And these dudes were playing 20 plus minutes. Composo played, averaged 18 minutes per game for the Nuggets last season and average 3.4 assists. So it's like, we're and getting those turnover. assists. One, huh? one turnover, which three to one. One turnover. Good. That's pretty good. Like, if he's immediately the second best passer on the team. And that's only behind Luka Doncic, which, I mean, obviously, you can argue is the best passer in the league. But uh, Compazzo, regardless of how you feel, there are some positives to his signing. But, you know. Yeah, I'm yeah, not mad. He's a, sorry. Uh, uh, he's a, a great passer. He had no ifs or <laughs> about it. I mean, he's a tremendous passer, but he's also sort of a dying breed of a point guard. Yeah. Your Rondos, yeah. the past first, P, past first PGs uh, who don't have much of a drive yeah. uh, or shooting game. So that's the only problem with him, but Coming off the bench with the weapons uh, he'll have around him, he'll definitely be able to utilize those weapons. And like I said, I think he'll fit better than he did on the Nuggets. So mm -hmm. that's something. Yeah, I think the one thing, I, I, I kind of been a little bit of an asshole about <laughs> Faku's on it, but uh, just because I, it, it's not really him that I'm mad about. It's the fact that we had to play this whole game the offseason that we didn't need another ball handler. 
And now we are in a position where we're scraping at the bottom of the barrel to fill that role, which was obvious to most of us that needed to be filled at the beginning of the off season. So that part of it pisses me off a little bit, but like you were saying, like he's going to be in a position where he's going to have scores around him. He's not going to necessarily need to be aggressive as a, as a scorer. He's just going to need to be able to set the table for Wood, for THJ, for Josh, for Frank, whoever's in there with him, uh, Maxi. Like that's, that's uh, I think, an ideal role for him as well, uh, where he's not having to take threes because he's on the court with Jokic and stuff like that. So that part of it, I think, could end up working well. I think he fits into that J.J. Barea veteran guard off the bench role as well like you said he's feisty he'll 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 mix it up with people he'll get under people's skin like we we can use that type of activity um and i like that with that second group with the young guys as well so to be able to to be on the court with a vet like that um you brought up the wood javal lineup and i think our guy dwight from 21 going on 77 when the idea of Dinwiddie going to the bench came up, he was saying Wood should be that that starter. We should go with the jumbo package, uh, following the footsteps of teams like the Minnesota Timberwolves and the uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers with that uh, zigging while everybody's zagging idea, which I'm I'm a huge fan of. I don't know if y'all saw this, but the the Magic rolled out the jumbo package last night. It was. Uh, uh, what was it? It was Cole Anthony at the point. I think Franz was at the the two. Paolo was at the three. Um, then Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter were like the in the paint. I was like, and all of them can shoot. Like, yeah. that's that's yeah, fine. That's that's nasty, fine. Like, no. And then they got that's Bo Bo coming like. off the bench. Like, that's that's gonna be a, that's we're gonna get to this in a second. But that's we're gonna get yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Actually, is, that, is that what I had next on the list? What was the line in Space Jam? They're monsters. No, <laughs> they're monsters. <laughs> um, I'm going to jump ahead, actually. Let's do that. Um, league pass teams. I'm going to say league pass teams because I, I brought up the magic just now. I'm going to say, I'm going to just give mine real quick. The magic are definitely one of my league pass teams. Uh, I, you know, I love Mo Bamba. Paolo, every time I see him, I, I I think like when I saw him in college, he looked big, like he looked huge, like he looked like a a, a definite power forward. But I'm watching him on the Magic; he looks like he could play the three pretty well. He looks athletic. He looks like he can handle the ball. He's mobile. Like I'm excited to see what they do. Franz is taking a step. That's that's exciting. Uh, I think they're going to accidentally be better than they're supposed to be. Um, Hope not. But I don't think they need Wemby anyway. So <laughs> don't think maybe Scoop. Nobody needs to see like seven, like five seven footers on the court. <laughs> Let's Franz on the point guard. Exactly. Like they're gonna put Franz at point, and like it's gonna be nothing but. Wait, six, isn't Jalen Suggs like six seven, six 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 seven? Did he grow? He might be six six. I think he's six six. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean. You have a six six point guard and have <laughs> the rest of the team be sand footers. They're sizey over there. Let's let's say that. Um the the other two the other two teams I had on my list are uh the Cavaliers and the Timberwolves. And you know, I said it like the, the teams that are doing it differently, the teams that are going with the two big lineups, that excites me because I, I couldn't stand this era of everybody trying to be the Golden State Tim Golden State Timberwolves, Golden State Warriors. Cause nobody, you don't have Steph. Nobody yeah. else is gonna be that. And you don't have Draymond. 
don't have Steph, you don't have Draymond. Like those are two very difficult to replicate replicate things. And when you're trying to be those guys, you're going to fail. Like that's why they've continued to be successful. So the teams that are trying to do it a little differently, going with the two bigs, uh, I'm excited about seeing how those teams come together and, and, and how the season moves. So they'll definitely be on my league pass watch two East teams because uh, those games start earlier. So I get to watch them before the Mavs come on and then the Wolves, you know, I got to follow my boy, go bear. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, man. Uh, Reese, what are your league pass teams? Uh, the magic are one of my league pass teams. Obviously everything that you said, they're a nice young team. I'm Apollo fan, being a Duke fan. I'm excited to see what he's going to do in the league. Uh, I think he's the most NBA-ready prospect in the draft. Um, I'm a fan of Cole Anthony. I really want to see Jalen Suggs mm. take a step because I think he has so much potential. And obviously, with the guard rotation and the magic, we really didn't get to see a lot of it last year. He didn't play that great, obviously. But uh, I think there's a future for him. Um, hopefully I'm, Dinwiddie doesn't push him before he takes that step next time. What, what you what you said? Hopefully Dinwiddie doesn't push him before he takes that step next time. Wait, what do you wait? Did I'm what is that a reference to? Didn't he injure him in the preseason game? Did he? That was Suggs that he injured, right? Am I tripping? Did, did maybe never y'all didn't watch it? I'm pretty sure Suggs like Suggs was coming uh, around the corner. And he went to take a step to set a screen, and Dinwiddie pushed him. Oh, that's how his like leg buckled or whatever. He's oh, not hurt, like he's not like injured for the yeah. season, nothing like that. But it looked bad at the time, and like initially, I didn't notice Dinwiddie would push him, but Dinwiddie pushed him as he took the step, which made him plant really weirdly, and his like leg hyperextended. Um, and that's why he didn't. We didn't get to see him much in that preseason game, but. Yeah, sorry, but that was a bad joke for anybody that didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't see that. I had, I had five teams, but I said I want to bring it down to three. Okay. So I purposefully took the Timberwolves off because I said, I know Bibbs is going to add the Timberwolves. <laughs> pretty go bears on the Timberwolves. And the other team I took off was the Cleveland Cavaliers because oh, wow. I was like, all right, that was kind of one last year. I don't want to do a repeat. Okay. So my second one is the Sacramento Kings. Uh, I like to see if I'm a big fan of DeMontis Sabonis. I know how some people feel about DeMontis Sabonis. I'm a big fan of DeMontis Sabonis, one of my favorite players in the league. I don't, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, big fan of DeMontis Sabonis. Um, I'm excited to see what this young team can do with a full season of Sabonis and Fox together because while I'm a fan of Sabonis, I'm not a fan of that pairing. I wasn't a fan of it when the trade happened. Uh, Keegan Murray is in a rookie prospect to look out for as well uh they added Dante DiVincenzo uh they got some nice talent I think they got a chance to uh fight for a playing spot and my third team I think uh Dante went to the Warriors oh wait he did they had Dante Kevin Herter Kevin Herter Kevin Herter's over there um one of those gingers um (laughs) Brad Welbrook (laughs) (laughs) and my third team is the New Orleans Pelicans I'm not as high on this team as some people in the media are, but I am high on this team. I think this is borderline street playoffs, not playing team. Like the talent on this team. Now, granted, I have questions about CJ McCullum playing point guard. I think if they had an actual point guard, that would be much better. But uh, CJ McCullum, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, 
Herb Jones, Jonas Valanciunas, Trey Murphy, uh, what's Grand Theft Alvarado? <laughs> like, you know, they got some nice talent on his team, and I think Willie uh, Willie Green is building a nice culture over there. And also, I'm a Saints fan when it comes to the NFL. Obviously, I have a lot of people from New Orleans and Louisiana on my Twitter. I'm gonna see the timeline talk about the Pelicans anyway. Might as well turn into some games. So. Those are my three league pass teams. Okay. Uh, Matei? Yeah. Um, the teams I watch the most, excluding Mavs, I'm guessing, although, like, you guys just mentioned a bunch of teams that are going to be – I mean, it's really go- going to be an interesting season. A lot of interesting teams. Like, you talked about uh, uh, Orlando Magic – they're an extremely intriguing team and for all the reasons you already talked about. And on top of that, they have a guy named Admiral Schofield on the team as well. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes it an even better team. And yeah, it, it's a really intriguing team. But if I just, if I had to whittle it down to like three teams I watched the most, excluding the Mavs, I think Grizzlies and Pelicans have to be among them. It's really hard just to name three, but uh, I mean, probably Nuggets, again, excluding Mavs, those might be the three teams I watch the most. I mean, Ja, Zion, uh, Jokic, just those three are great reasons Mm -hmm. to watch those teams, but the whole rosters and the way they assemble their teams those might be the three teams I watch the most. Although, on the other hand, I just might end up watching a lot of Brooklyn, like a lot of the Nets, too, <laughs> just because they'll have a lot of early games. And when I'll sort of count how many games I watched of each team, I was thinking when, you know, you mentioned we'll be doing the league pass rankings. And when I'll count how many games I actually watched of a team, Nets might be pretty high at the end of the season. So I'm gonna ask you, yeah, how much is league pass in 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 Slovenia? Like, uh, just got a, a pre- league pass premium, which you can watch from multiple IPs, um, uh, multiple devices, and it was uh, one forty euros, I think, one thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, one forty. What's the conversion rate right now? Uh, the regular version mm-hmm. is 110, uh, 110 euros. So that's like yearly, right? Yearly, yeah, yeah. For I want to say that's, that's pretty close to the, the American. I play mine yeah, monthly. Not, I probably should be yearly, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it, it's extremely expensive in Australia, like, I don't know, 300 Australian dollars or something like that, some crazy number. It, it depends on the market. They definitely switch those prices. Somebody on... down there really likes to see Josh Green play, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matei, about like switching prices, it blows my mind how much you guys pay for League Pass. It's like so <laughs> cheap. Here. They actually hiked the price this year. It used to be a thousand INR, uh, Indian rupee, which I mean, I guess is ten bucks for the like a little fifteen bucks for the year. Damn. Uh, but now it's fifteen fifteen hundred INR, which would be just under twenty dollars, just under twenty dollars for the, for the year. whole year. And yeah, and it's it'd be roughly 
four dollars for a month because it's three hundred rupees here. Four dollars with the current conversion rate is three hundred and twenty rupees. So what? Yeah, the- <laughs> they the league. Yeah, but like, able to see it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, it's where funny you want- see league pass squads. Yeah, yeah okay. I mean, basically, I think NBA looks at where they want to, to increase the subscriber numbers tremendously. They lower the price a lot. They do that, I think, actually with their broadcast as well. In the countries where NBA isn't broadcast, they actually offer, uh, offer the games for free uh, uh, just to popularize the sport. At least I know they were doing that uh, in the times of Stern, uh, previous commissioner, who did a lot for the popularity of basketball all over the world. And he certainly is one of the people that should be uh, you know, mentioned in the annals of history of basketball. Okay. <laughs> uh, games, games in India are like only broadcast live on weekends. So what Mate says then makes sense because if for someone like me who's like, I want to watch every game, every day, for me, a thing like League Pass is like, you can't be a fan without it unless you want to go to, yeah. go to those suspicious websites and get streams. <laughs> but like, League Pass, it's, it's too easy. Like, for you guys, League Pass teams is a thing for me. I understood the assignment. My teams, I know what you mean by League Pass teams, but for me, every team I watch is on League Pass because I'm not watching the live broadcast in India. So. But which which teams are your, your which teams are going to be your top yeah. favorites to watch? So, I, I did not want to write down the Cavs, Wolves, or Pels because they'll be good teams. And I think good teams, in you should just watch them. Yeah. So, my, my, player, my uh, League Pass teams were Two teams we've already talked about, Sacramento Kings and Orlando Magic. I think Kings are my one, Magic are my two. Uh, my three, again, it's a good team. I think they'll be a top six seed in the East. It's the Toronto Raptors. I think like what's happening there is just as interesting to me. And um, I, I have a bet on a player who I think is going to have a breakout here. He's on the Raptors. It's Dolano Banton. And I, I actually am super invested in seeing how the Raptors actually parlay their un, like surprising success from last year into this season. It's relatively a similar roster. I think everybody in the league can tell that they have a lot of room to make moves. So I'm really excited to see how that forward heaven um, Raptors go. Because Clippers we know will be good. So I don't want to say Clippers. So, like, a similar, like, the Eastern Conference Clippers, you could say, I guess. Not exactly the same talent, but in the way they've set the team up. And I'm really interested in seeing how the Houston Rockets do. I really am hot on Alper and Sengun. I think he's going to have a great year for them. Uh, I think if Usman Garuba gets minutes, I want to watch that, how that works out. And, yeah, Jill Green is, I think, going to be, like, one of those players that you're not going to have a bad time watching for sure. Uh, not too sold on Jabari Smith Jr., but everything else in Houston, it's a, it's a very fun, young team. Of course, former Mav coach. Same with the Magic. You have uh, both like former like people, Luka Doncic, freaking loved. And now the coaches of some of the most exciting rebuilding teams in the league. So it's going to be fun. I'm glad you brought those teams up. I... <sighs> I worry. I, I hope that both Mosley and Silas get the chance to see these projects when these guys become, you know, I, I not even veterans necessarily, but once they hit those second contracts and they're 
in the the list of potential all-star type guys that people are taking seriously around the league. Like, I hope they don't get rid of them and get yeah. a coach. Um, we hope they don't get Mark Jackson. Yeah, like that's I don't, I hate I hate when that happens to people because you know Mark Mark Jackson still hurt over that. Uh, despite whatever was happening behind the scenes, like Mark Jackson's like, man, look, I, I was there in the beginning. I was there before the before the takeoff, and, and I hope they don't do that to JB Bickerstaff because he's that, done a great job in Cleveland. Yeah, I can't. I I think he might be safe, but we'll. I mean, you never know with this league. So but Dan Gilbert also, you never know. <laughs> you never know with this league. So, uh, what else did I want to get to? Uh, let's let's see. I'm skipping a couple things. All right, let's get to. I'm gonna ask this now, and you can maybe save it for the end if you think yours is just that fire or that hot of a take. What is what is one of your bold predictions that you're willing to make right now for the season? It can be Mav related or not. We'll start with you, Reese. I will last. You're gonna wait. All right, uh, Mate. Bold predictions. Uh, huh. Um, you could save it if you want and think about it. While yeah, I, give me a few seconds. Let me think about it. Okay. Like, how bold do I want to go? <laughs> <laughs> you shot what you got. Uh, bold is uh, wow, yeah, bold prediction, map related with everything that's happened, with how the Western Conference looks, with all the issues we find out in the lineups, and all the good things that we know exist in the lineup. I, a part of me very strongly believes that we might have another Western Conference Finals run in us. I know it's bold. It's bold. Like that's, I, I, I'm coming to answer the assignment. I think it's bold. I don't know if saying that I think both the Wolves and the Pelicans will both be top five seeds. I don't know if that's bold because we can see why those teams are good. But I think the Mavs might have like a, Another single. I just think Luca is just such a playoff player, and the team, the way it's built, it's it's very like in tune with playoff basketball. So I'm just like, even if we struggle in the regular season, I just hope that we get used to Luca just doing insane like LeBron James level stuff. We saw him drag teams to the finals every year. Why can't Luca Doncic, you know, do that? So at least Western Conference Finals, I think, is. A safe enough bold take. I'm not safe mad at it. Take. I'm not mad at it. It's, it's, it all comes down to matchups in the playoffs. Like whatever side Always, yeah. you end up with can determine how far you're able to go. Uh, Reese or Matei, either one of you ready to, to drop a <laughs> bomb on us? or? I mean, if it's Mavs related, then yeah. I mean, the bold prediction would be Mavs going to the finals. I mean, I don't know if it's bold or silly. I'm, I'm <laughs> not as optimistic, uh, at least as you guys were, I think about the Mavs, I think will have topic of successful how do we define a successful season I mean I would see it as an extremely successful season if Mavs made it to the uh, conference finals again, Uh, that would be definitely uh, bold and successful at the same time uh, even bolder if I say they go to the finals. If it's strictly Mavs related, maybe uh, Mavs making it to the finals, Luca winning MVP, uh, Wood winning sixth man of the year. 
uh, and uh, green winning most improved player. That's as bold as it goes. <laughs> oh, that kind of leads me to my bold prediction. I was going to say Josh Green averaging over 10 points a game. Um, it's funny because like when I look at his numbers from last year, his shot, I was going to put like a, a shooting numbers prediction on him. But I looked at his shooting numbers were respectable. Like he was 50% from the field, 36% from three. I was like, oh, I can't. Like saying he's going to be 38% from three doesn't feel bold enough. So I'm going to go to him doubling his scoring output um, and getting getting over that 10 point per game threshold. Even if he's not starting, I think he's going to be a rotational guy no matter what, 15, 20 minutes a game, most likely minimum. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going with, with Josh being a 10 point a game guy you could depend on. Uh, my bold prediction uh... – I think Dorian Finney-Smith makes all-defensive team at the end of the season. Um, I think he had a lot of consideration from people uh, last year, but I think he didn't make it mainly because people didn't start really noticing until that second half of the season. I think going into this season, eyes are going to be on not only this team, but him as a defender from the jump. And I think at that point, he'll start to get a lot of respect from the media and the voters. And as long as he can stay consistent with the defense, the team can stay consistent with the defense. He remains to be impactful on defense like he is. I don't, whether it be first or second, uh, I'm leaning more towards second. Uh, But regardless, I think Dorian Finney-Smith can make a, um, can make an all defensive team at the end of the season. And to be honest, I might put some money on it. You know, uh, and if you want to put some money on it and if you want to put money on any of these bold predictions, you can do that at DraftKings Sportsbook, which is an official sports betting partner of the NBA because basketball is back. Basketball is back. Not only can you bet money on things like oh, I got Luka Doncic to win MVP, uh, I think. Rudy Gobert is going to win defensive player of the year, which is a bet that I think Bibbs has probably put in for the past six years. But also, new customers can make any $5 bet on an NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. That means if I bet money on the Dallas Mavericks to beat any team and the Dallas Mavericks win, if I bet $5 on the Mavericks and the Mavericks win, I get $200 in free bets to spend on whatever bet I see fit. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings up to 100% with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in and place a stepped up same game parlay today with payouts bigger than ever. DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on NBA. As far as opening season, you got the Philadelphia 76ers at the Boston Celtics. You got the Los Angeles Lakers at the Golden State Warriors ring night, the ring ceremony. Personally, I think the Lakers aren't that deep. I got the Warriors beating those dudes out the gym. Whatever the spread is, I'll probably take the over on it. Whatever the odds is, I'll probably just take the Golden State money line. Probably have Steph Curry putting up 30 points over 30 points, might take an alternate spread on it, might take an alternate points thing on it, okay? Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week 
and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. See why you wanted to go last. Yeah. All right. I'm not mad at the transition. You almost screwed me up because you you skipped over both mm-hmm. predictions in order. And I was like, hey, I got to find another place to put it now. When you <laughs> came back to what I said, we in action. Baby. <laughs> no, I definitely had to make sure I got that one in. Um, not to dampen the mood, but I did just get this alert as well. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. it. Apparently, Dikembe Mutombo is undergoing treatment for a brain tumor. Oh, wow. Um, I don't oh. think we've seen him for a while. And that might be that might be why. But that's that's tough. Yeah, that's tough. That's tough. Um, I see that. I see it now. Yeah, it just came through. Um, I just saw Woj and March, Chris Haynes. B. Haynes and Shams like all pop up at the same time. So yeah, Shams, Chris Haynes, Mark Stein, Adrian Wojnarowski uh, retweeted the NBA yeah. thing. I get the alerts for the NBA communications. So like when I got like a bunch of notifications at once, I was like, what is this happening? Um, but definitely prayers up for, for Dikembe. I think he's pretty beloved globally. Um, yeah. So hopefully, hopefully the treatment goes well. Uh, definitely globally. Yeah. One of those global basketball figures that's known all over the world and brings a smile whenever, you know, whenever he comes, wherever he comes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, yeah, and I, I've seen a lot of good outcomes for for brain tumors recently, so I, I'm not doom and gloom about it. But it is that's that's tough. That's tough either way. Um, let's see. Uh, don't want to make it a terrible transition, <laughs> but uh, w- w- the show must go on, if you will. So I, I've skipped over a couple things, and before we, the next thing I wanted to go to was the All Stars. But if there's something I skipped over that you want me to go back to. Speak now or forever hold your peace. I think we're, think we're holding our peace. Uh, by, the, by the way, the Darjeeling, uh, as I've gone on, I'm almost done now. Uh, it's, 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 I'm, I'm okay. I'm working with it. I'm, I'm, I think it's okay. I think we're good. It's smoothing up to you. I mean, yeah, it takes a while. Yeah, it takes a while. <laughs> um, let's do it. So I don't want to go through us listing 12 all-stars for the East and West each. So we, we have some guys that are probably locks and stop me. If you disagree, I'm gonna go through the locks. And then um, if you have a bold all-star prediction or expectation, that's, that's where we can have a little bit of conversation. So starting with the locks, I think Embiid is a pretty safe, safe guy. I think we're we're all in agreement. Obviously, when you're saying this, this is like not including injury. Obviously, like yeah, 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 yeah. these guys are healthy. Yeah, not not barring injury, of course, where that things start to get interesting after injuries. But if everything goes as planned, these these are the guys that should be standing. So Embiid, I think, like I said, is pretty safe. Giannis is pretty safe in the East. Uh, Tatum, pretty safe, I would assume. Um, KD, pretty safe. Can we say Trey Young is safe? Yeah. All right. Uh, now we're we're getting a little bit more interesting, potentially, depending on how y'all feel. Jimmy Butler? Uh, I would put him as a pretty safe pick yeah. for next season. Heath are going to be good enough. He doesn't really feel the stat sheet like some other guys do, but his advanced numbers are off the chart usually. So 
I think he's going to make it. And usually voters, at least media and uh, people like that, acknowledge his value. In the past couple of seasons, few seasons, definitely. Exactly. Ishan, were you disagreeing or were you agreeing? No, I was agreeing. I think the Jimmy Butler is underrated thing that was very strong for a few years. And ever since that heat run, I think that credit, especially when it comes to all-star pay, I think he was mad last year because the players never vote him. They have those three ballots, fans, media and players. I think the players always like like snub him out of the starter spot. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think the media just has gone to a point with Jimmy Butler that they're going to vote him in. Like just out of respect like, I, for I, what he does for that league. I can see that. Um, all right. We're still in the we're still in the shaky territory. These are guys that I had listed. But I'm not sure if they're going to be, if everybody's going to have them. I have Pascal Siakam. All NBA third team coming off all NBA third team. So I think it might be tough. Borderline lock. I'd say, yeah. Borderline lock. Yeah, borderline. Not worth having a big debate about. (laughs) Um, Let's see. James Harden. Yes. Yeah. Before Siakam. Okay. So you have Harden. Okay. Um, all right, now we're really getting into the nitty gritty. Don't go too deep now. No, <laughs> it's not too deep. Donovan Mitchell. Yes. Lock? Uh, not like a lot. Borderline lock. Not a lock. Close, yeah. like, like in the Pascal Siakam range. Like, okay. Yeah. But nobody's like completely like no way about Donovan. No. Okay. Do you have anybody else from the Cavaliers in your uh, in this category of had to make, lock? I had to make some tough cuts. Um, and the Cavaliers guys were victims there. Do you have a different Cavalier above Mitchell? I mean, hard to put anybody over Mitchell. Oh, yeah, you know, nah, nah. Okay. I'm not going to go out on Wait, I, I would say Darius Garland. Garland? Ishan, what was yours? Yeah, my, my thing is, I think the East guard depth, especially with the All-Star thing, has been an issue in the last few years, but this year they just got two Western Conference All Star guards there. So I think there, yeah, I, I like Reese. I think I would Reese. I would lean towards Darius over Donovan for All Star. But I think if the Cavs want, like, it's possible because usually when you look at forwards and front court players, it gets a little closer. We saw Jared Allen be an All Star last year. Which is why I think like Evan Mobley is in with a shout. Not a lock. I think he's definitely there with a shout. I think people are anticipating big things from him. If the Cavs are a top three seed in the East, if they're like firing on all cylinders, I think I think Mobley will be in consideration. And that's where I think I ran into issues with the Cavs is because they're gonna they're gonna have potentially four guys splitting votes, in my opinion. And Mitchell and Garland are going to have the ball much more, and both are going to be aiming at that All Star. Probably, I would go for Mobley as well, maybe in some other awards category even more so. Uh, but I, I just don't think he's going to have the ball enough, get enough shots up uh, with uh, the backcourt he'll have. Okay, I mean two blocks and a steal and a half. <laughs> that's uh, I think that's what he should aim at. All right, I think we're still in the the fun range. 
the next one I have is Jalen Brown. And that's, I think, contingent upon how well the Celtics are playing at that point. He's not a lock. Not a lock. No, nobody. I don't think he's a lock either, but I did have him in my 12. I wouldn't. I mean, I get it, but. You know. I, love I, wa- I wonder who are the other guys you have in your 12. Because uh, uh, based on that, I could also say whether. I mean, it's not a lock. I, I agree with you. Any I mean, of you have Jalen in your 12? Probably not. No? Okay. Uh, fair enough. DeRozan. Not a lot. Do any of you have him in your in your all star list? I'd put I, think, I, I didn't have him in my list. I'd put Levine above DeRozan. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that would be my. I mean, idea. I don't have an. Hold up. You have a bull, Reese. Huh? You have a Bulls player. I don't have an all star list. I have the surprise. Okay. Okay. All-star Same. List. I don't have, you said ignore the easy call, so I just I okay, didn't. Okay. Yeah, I had to write the whole list out before I could decide who was going to be my surprise pick. So let's get straight to the surprise pick then. Um, I'm not going to go first. Are we just doing by conference? Or are we doing Easter conference, right now. Easter conference right now? Okay. Surprise all star Ishan Go. In the East. Uh, going to be in, uh, in the East. I, I guess I, I didn't on Mobley, so I've already talked about it. And in the West, I I think this is going to be super unpopular. Hey, I, hey, we can talk about the West right now. If you, if you are, if Mobley was your East, then we'll wait for your Mobley's West. Mobley's my East. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mate, what you got? I, I put JB, Jalen Bronson, as my uh, uh, all-star in the East. Uh, the first time all-star. Possibly. I don't know if he count as a surprise all-star. Yeah. Uh, in the West, should I say the West? As well, oh. I, I sort of went with the premise of the first time uh, new uh, all-star. I, I, does it mean it's a surprise as well? Not sure, but should I say the Western as well? Or? No, just oh, yeah. just the East okay. right now. Uh, so I didn't want to be the first one to say it, but Jalen Brunson was my, my guy as well. Uh, yeah. He looked amazing in the preseason, yep. and he's got the New York media behind him. Um, yep. All he has to do is... Could not not necessarily play as well as he's looked. Like I don't think he's going to average twenty five a game or anything like that. But if he's doing twenty eight assists, he's going to have a good shot at being there. So I don't uh, think he can do eight assists. You don't think he can? I, I don't think so. But I, he can I, do twenty two, three points. I think. I think do twenty two and six. I think yeah, something like I that. And it, that's going to be yeah. Right. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Reese. Um, I actually had three East players, but I'm going to just name one. No, why are we holding back? What are we doing? Oh, okay. I thought, okay, cool. All right. Uh, my first one was Tyrese Maxey with the Philadelphia 76ers. Hmm. Um, I guess I'll go into later why I have him because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, my second one, Scotty Barnes. Uh, I think he's going to take a big leap this year and I think maybe the Raptors get two if they do it'll be Pascal and him I think if they just get one Scotty might you know hmm. Scotty might emerge as the guy and my third one is very ironic I have RJ Barrett okay I think RJ Barrett is going to be the best player on that next team 
I think he's going to, you know, improve a lot by having a point guard like Jalen Brunson. I don't think Jalen Brunson is a table setter, but, you know, he's better than most point guards they've had at that position since R.J. Barrett has been there. So uh, I think depending on where the Knicks fall in the standings, uh, this could be R.J. Barrett's all-star year. And, uh, yeah, those only three Eastern players I got. I had – so when I made my list, I initially went team by team and put guys I thought could be all-stars and then started working backward from there based on how I thought the standings would shake out. Uh, RJ was on my initial list, but I put Brunson there just narrative-wise. I feel like he's got a stronger push than Barrett if one of them were to get in. Uh, But I could definitely see that Barrett is a guy I expected to become a guy (laughs) at some point. Uh, just based off of his youth play with the international team in Canada. Um, I saw what he did as a, as the guy, like he can, what he can do. And um, I'm, ex- he's looked, like you said, he's looked good in the preseason as well. And having an actual point guard on the roster finally should help. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that next team shakes out. Um, any other thoughts on, on any of these names before we move to the West? Adi Barnes is an interesting pick. I, I think he'll be a multiple-time All-Star in the future. Just not sure about That's this season yet. That's uh, fair. Uh, but I, I, he's almost a no-brainer multiple All-Star uh, mm-hmm. in the future based on what he's shown in his rookie season. Uh, an extremely entertaining and fun player to watch. Okay. Um, my only thing is I agree with Reese. I think RJ would be more likely to make an All-Star team over Jill. Like, I just think RJ has a greater push behind him as compared to, like, when we talk about New York media, RJ is their guy. Like, he's literally their guy. If he can have, like, a 20-plus season again, he always improves. And the Knicks are even remotely good. I think the votes will flip towards um, RJ more than towards Brunson. I, I really liked RJ, uh, Bibbs, when you were saying you watched him play on the national team. Same here. And I really value those uh, uh, when young players' prospects get the opportunity to play on that level uh, before they are drafted. And he looked, he looked uh, oh, uh, more experienced above his age, played above right. his age uh, uh, at that time. And I was extremely high on him but my enthusiasm got dimmed in the first couple of seasons <laughs> a little bit but still haven't given up on him or anything i just think jb based on the hype uh, and the experience he has winning as well running the team he's gonna have the ball more than enough with the media behind him in new york uh, like 20 and 6 I think would already be enough for him to make the All-Star and that's pretty much a, I think he'll average that with his eyes closed <laughs> almost I agree, I agree on, the, on the JB point alright let's move to the West the West is the West is interesting the West I couldn't think of a, a new guy that could break through necessarily it was hard say what it was hard yeah because so, it's like some there are some guys who haven't made all star games, but I don't consider them a surprise. Right, right. Um, or then there's guys that maybe didn't play all of last year that are all stars and they're back. Um, so for me, that that those guys are Zion and Dame. I think both have a very strong. I think both will probably Kawhi. 
be in there. Kawhi, another one. So like when you have three, when you have three guys that did not play last year, really. I mean, Dane played started the season, but was gone pretty. Yeah, Twenty games, I think. Yeah, like that's three guys that are all NBA level talents that are suddenly thrust back in there. It's hard to imagine a new guy breaking through above uh, some of these other guys. One of my, I didn't end up putting them on my list. All the guys that I have on my list are, have been all stars for the, at the end of the day. Like a Ja, Jokic, Luca. How much a lots? Yeah. Ja, Jokic, Luca, Steph, LeBron. Uh, I did have Kawhi. I did have Dame. I kept Booker in there. Did anybody remove Booker from anybody? Think Booker? I think Booker's going to be an all star for sure. Yeah, definitely. PG. Did anybody say PG's dropping out? I think if the Clippers are to be as good as they are and if he's healthy, I think it's hard to keep him off. I agree. Yeah, same here. That was the same decision I made. Uh, so then it comes down to, for me, the only ones that were iffy. I did have Cat making it. Yeah. And then I, it came down to Wood or Gobert for that last spot. Wood or oh, Gobert? Wood. Christian Wood. For locks? No, not locks. This is like for that last spot, period. Like I said, like it was every there's so many locks that I had to try to see. I mean, I ain't gonna lie, why wouldn't you put Christian Wood in the new surprise all-star? Because I didn't end up going with Christian Wood, I went with Gobert. Okay. If the wolves are good and they're a top five, whatever seed, that there's a strong possibility they get they get too good. You ain't gonna like this. But I'm taking AD over Gobert simply because we know how these people vote on All Stars. I got a lot, AD. Of, people, a lot of people are like, uh, I don't want to see Gobert. I want to see AD, and AD plays for the Lakers. And I'm gonna keep it a hundred. Gobert plays in Minnesota, so I it's got like, the Lakers being so ass that it's not gonna matter. <laughs> like they're not getting to All Stars. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so that's why Gobert was my last one. But all right, uh, who who's your who's your guy? I think you would have two, right? Yeah. Um, one of them is probably a cheat, but I mean, it's CJ McCollum. Okay. CJ McCollum technically has never made an all star game. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys who were like, man, this may be his year. And it's always like he's behind Damian Lillard. He's in the Western Conference, which is like the God tier of guards. And still, that's the case. Yeah. But I think if there's been any time for him, it's been this year where he's going to be the lead guard on a playoff team in my opinion um and ironically my other guy is a guard as well um De'Aaron Fox I think De'Aaron Fox has a shot this year uh, I think like I said I think the Kings are going to be competitive the Kings are going to compete for a play-in spot I'm not one of those oh man you gotta be a playoff team to have an all-star fuck out of here man that just started without it yeah that just started like that's never been the case all the time so if the Kings are like a 10 seed, an 11 seed, and De'Aaron Fox is playing that well, I'd give him an, uh, an all-star nod, depending on what the guard thing looks like. But Fox, Fox is one of my, my guys as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he was definitely a late cut for me, but there's just too much talent in the West. Yeah. So he didn't make this it. Tough. I mean, I really couldn't come up with names outside of guards. That's why it's so tough. So Gotcha. I... I thought about 
Anthony Edwards. Yeah, I, I, I was I, like, uh, I don't <laughs> consider him a surprise. I didn't, yes. I didn't personally consider him a surprise. It's like you expect that. That's like the next jump for him. That's like if last year someone said, "Oh, my surprise all star is John Morant." It's like you expect that. Now, if somebody said Anthony Edwards, I'm like, I get it. But me personally, I'm like, nah, I'm gonna leave him off. You think he's an all star? I think he has yeah. a chance to be if the Timberwolves are that good. I think he has more of a case than Rudy Gobert does. I only got Rudy Gobert there positionally. Yeah, that makes sense. That's the thing. Well, and actually, well. is going to be a shooting guard this year, I believe. So, yeah, that's tough. Go ahead, Mate. Yeah, yeah. That that's the thing because I, I had Ant Man as well. I mean, I think Anthony Edwards might make it, but it's not that obvious because he's got two all stars on the team. Two guys yeah. who's all, who already have been all-stars, and we know how the voting goes. Those guys sort of have a built-in advantage in a way, uh, being an established all-star players. So to be better, to make a leap that big uh, with the expectations and the acquisitions uh, 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 Timberwolves made, I think it would be a pretty impressive thing for him to uh, make it. But I think like Warriors might also have three all-stars if they're good if they're a top two top three team uh, the combination of warps and k-pop fans come on guys that just that, that just pool pool is making it as the third guy i'm pretty sure uh, and the it's gonna be either clay wiggins might make it again uh, that's just a powerful combo warps and k-pop fans that that's a lot of votes guys is it k-pop <laughs> Yeah. I've, never, I've heard the warps. I'm not that's familiar. Not, the posts. That's how what? Wiggins made it last last season. He had a huge support by a couple of K-pop artists who uh, posted uh, the links to the voting. And oh wow, that he was like that's what Wiggins was talking. Yeah, you didn't see the sugar posts like the NBA posted about sugar and like everything. Why do you think? Why do you think the Warriors were playing in Japan? Exactly. I think that's connected as well. I mean, they, they might have, they, they don't have to be the best team in the West or the best team in the league to have three all stars next season. I'm, I'm telling you guys, <laughs> they'll have it if they're a top three team. If Wiggins made it as a starter last season, come on. <laughs> I'm upset. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's crazy that Reese named CJ and Bialin because they are like the first two names I have on my <laughs> list here. And I, I, I'm going to tell you the exact scenario under which CJ makes it. No, even if he has a 24.8 assist season, I don't think he gets voted in. But I think the first guard to drop out of the injury, like how Conley made the All-Star game that one year, I think just out of like what we said, it's like, how has this guy just not been an All-Star all this year? I think they'll, CJ was last year, got hurt right at the start as well when Dame got hurt. And then later in the season, he got traded to New Orleans where he just, like I think, averaged 28 yeah, the little time he played there. I think he's a real good shot. De'Aaron, I think, uh, Reese explained it. Here's where I have a genuine surprise pick. I might get laughed at. But, like, in a best-case scenario, I think this is as surprising a pick as it gets. It's Jeremy Grant. Uh... I, I have a theory. I have a theory. I have a theory. 
I think it's the Blazers are the kind of team that nobody ever like thinks about. Like, and like I have my list. I don't even have like you said, just write top ten. I haven't even written the Blazers. I personally don't think it's likely, but I think with the right injury luck and if the Blazers are playing well, I think if he can be like a genuine second star, because I guess that's what his role is. I think if he surprises, like he was putting up. 20 plus on 58% in Detroit with nobody there if he can have a similar scoring season with everything he does defensively he hustles on the court lot lot to like about his game i think if in the best case scenario everything's working out as well for portland as it could be i think jeremy grant is going to be the x factor and if he can play up to that level i think he is like when you talk about surprise all stars i think That's an all-star pick that would surprise everybody. So I think know. the Blazers will have to be really good to get to. Definitely, I agree with you. I agree with you. It's like as a far with, out there, with name on the team, you never yeah. know. It's a possibility. And so. the same with the Pelicans and CJ and Zion is a lock. We all agree. And to have two all-stars on the team, they got to be a tough. Three, four. I mean, home court advantage in the playoffs. Those top four positions definitely. And not sure you know what they may not because the year that Zion and Brandon Ingram both made it, the Pelicans were like bottom of the play-in. Yeah. So it's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. True. But I think for Jeremy Grant to get there, I think for that. Because Ingram was having a crazy scoring season and Zion was having a crazy scoring season. Like you can't blame them for being coached by Stan Van Gundy. So yeah, true. Okay, I I, I like it. Um, this this was a, an interesting exercise. We're getting down to the nitty gritty, guys. Uh, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Everybody good? Do we need to take an intermission? Like <laughs> been on here. Yo, I just. I just want to quickly say I need to I do need to hop off like in a bit. It's like already eleven ten, you So yeah. How much time do you yeah, have? Man. Yeah, twenty twenty five minutes half long, round about. Yeah. What's most important to you? The play, the standings, or the awards? I mean, what is more important to you guys? What do you think, Reese? I would say the awards. Awards, yeah. Mate, what's your awards? Yeah, I'm good with whatever. Do you guys go for it? Yeah, let's, <laughs> do it. let's do it. Season awards. So I asked for you. I think I to ask for you to give your top three for each award. Uh, so I'll I'll kick it off with the MVP. I think that's uh the the, the top award, right? Um, so <laughs> I have my three. Um, coming in third, I'm gonna start from the bottom. Coming in from in third, I have Kawhi. Uh, if the Clippers are as good as the Clippers are supposed to be, it's gonna be hard to ignore Kawhi. If they're think low management getting the yeah. top two seed, if they're top two seed in the West, he got to play enough games. That's all. Hey, did you see his legs? I think he <laughs> his, his low management is gonna be. Uh, Very strategic, like against the trash teams. Like I don't think he's just gonna be sitting out games and sit out games. So uh, I have Kawhi coming in third. If if the Clippers end up like catapulted to the top of the West, uh, then I got my my boy Giannis coming in second. Uh, again, I think Giannis is his hunger is on another level. I think 
Um, things fell apart for him last year in a way that nobody could have predicted. He realizes that uh, you can't you can't plan for for injuries of your teammates. You got to put yourself in the best position early, and I, I think he's on a war path. So I got Giannis as my second. But one thing I think that's going to be a determinant factor in the final standings this season is continuity. A lot of teams made big changes. I don't think those teams are going to get on track, comfortable with each other, flowing until about December. And those teams that are coming back with the continuity are going to put themselves in a position to hold on to those top seeds, whether or not the rest of the teams catch up to them eventually, as far as ability and talent, those teams with the continuity as records are going to be better. And one of those teams with the continuity is the Golden State Warriors. And the best player on the Golden State Warriors is Steph Curry. I don't think he's the best player in the league. I don't think. Don't say that too loud. I'm saying it loud as hell. I don't care how you feel about that man. <laughs> I don't care if you, it's not appalling to say that 34 year old Steph Curry is not the best player in the league. And he's only going to get worse from here. Like he's not going to get better. Uh, and the guys that they have above him are younger guys who are at or near his level and going to get better. That's, that's why he's not ranked number one warbs in case you're listening. So, Steph, I do have MVP. I think the Warriors continuity gets their record to the top. I think they're going to start the season hot. And Steph, again, best player on the best team, gets the MVP award. Reese. Okay, so I'm going to start from the top and go to the bottom because I think my third place dude, like, Shocker. is probably my real bold prediction, but I wanted to save it. Okay. So, number one. It's probably the cop out typical answer. I got Luca. It's number one. I I think it's I think this year. I know the last few years people have been like, oh Luca. I'm like, uh, I don't think we're gonna be good enough. I think this year is his best possible year, especially coming off of that Western Conference Finals appearance. A lot of people, his doubters have gotten off his back a little bit. Uh, he's going into the season in shape, which is the one thing people have always said. Man, he goes into the season in shape starts off great he can be in the lead for that mvp so i think this year is his best bet uh number two is joel Embiid. uh i think this might be the year i think joel Embiid finally doesn't finish runner-up and actually gets the mvp keeps coming up behind nikola Jokic. uh voters fatigue this ain't the 80s nikola Jokic isn't winning three mvps in a row so uh and B doesn't have to compete with that. And are we going? Are we skipping the stand-ins in general? We'll come back to it. I think. Okay, then I won't say anything. Um, and my third, I got Zion Williamson. Ooh. <laughs> like I said, I'm not high high on the Pelicans, but I think they can finish outside of the play-in to where they have a solidified playoff spot. And I don't know if people forgot through all the fat jokes and the eating jokes and the out-of-weight jokes, but what Zion did before he got hurt and missed that last season was insane. (laughs) The dude could arguably lead the league in points this year. That's a real possibility. And on very, very efficient percentages. 
And we know how this new NBA loves efficiency. Efficiency is everything. So when you're talking about efficiency, you're talking about winning. You're talking about putting numbers up and you talk about dominating. Zion can definitely be in that conversation. But that's a hot take. That's a dark horse. No, I think it's a possibility. I'm not but slim. Not mad at it. Um, let's see. Eeny, meeny, miny. Mate, what are your, your top three MVP? I was just wondering, what are the odds on uh, Zion? Uh, uh, hey, I may have to draft King Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. Gotta check it out because it could be an interesting pick. Yeah. I think <laughs> it's going to come down to Luca or Joel. Joel, Joel, <laughs> that was a good clip as well, Luca. <laughs> and and uh, guys, I think he was actually saying jo- Joel, but saying rolling the V right. like Slovenians. That's do. that's how I, that's how I interpret it because he he kept, definitely like, he didn't think his yeah. name yeah, is Joel. Joel like yeah, 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 exactly. But I think it's gonna come down to one of them, and I think. Embiid might actually get it just because mm. he was really close the past couple of seasons. And if Luca and Embiid are really close statistically and record-wise, their teams, I think it's going to Joel most definitely. Um, even if Luca is slightly better, it's sort of his term. Uh, his turn. Um, uh, um, he he's sort of in the line to get it. He was close enough and might get some of that sentimental votes in that sense as well uh, if the record and the stats will be there and I think they'll be there the bigger question is whether the health will be there with him whether whether he'll play enough games but if he'll play enough games it's his to lose I would say if we're looking now uh, before the season even though uh, uh, the odds on favor is Luca against slightly uh, I think third year in row. Yeah, third year in the row. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think Embiid might get it uh, uh, in front of Luca, unless Luca is like clearly better by uh, I think a reasonable margin, and I don't think he will be. So I gotta give it to Embiid, Luca second, and I think Giannis will be uh, third. Although I wouldn't be surprised if somebody has a chance. You mentioned Jokic, Reese, uh, he's not going to get it for the third time in a row. But Giannis might get his third MVP. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up uh, as the MVP this season. I think it, we might actually have a pretty good uh, three-player race. And votes at the end of the season split not by a third for each exactly, but pretty close. I'd say in voting, I I expect a much closer race than we had like last four years when it was pretty much clear the first two times Giannis and the last two times Jokic, at least in the last month of the season, I think it was more or less clear who's going to get it. Okay. Uh, Ishan, who do you have? Yeah, so um, I I agree with Matej. I think it's going to come down to Embiid and Luca. I think Embiid is going to get that sort of James Harden-like sympathy with, like, this guy has to get an MVP. Like, it has to be. So, I think, I think with this year, with Philly being all primed for, like, to be one of the best teams in the league, 
I think James Harden has agreed, like understands that it's not his team. And I think like as he's aging, his playmaking is just you can see it on display. Like the playmaking is at an elite level. I think Embiid everything is perfect, perfect for him this year to make a run at the award. I still think for Luca, it's it's going to be like you can't tell me what the season he had last year wasn't an MVP level season with the numbers and with how the Mavs generally way overperformed what people thought we would. Like I was completely. If you told me Luca was MVP last year, I would not bat an eye. But I think it's going to be a similar thing this year. I think these narratives are like. MVP is a narrative award. We all know that, which is why for my third, like I actually my bold, like like what Reese did, my the person I think will come third is more of the bolder pick. I don't have you, uh, I don't have Jokic or Giannis coming third. I have Jason Tatum coming third because I think if the Boston Celtics can even be remotely of fifty to fifty-five win team, I think that onus is going to fall heavily on Tatum. They're going to start the season without their starting center. I think the the, the narrative for, and um, I do think after a point there is that thing of you always do have to put an American player into that race. Like it can't just be Embiid, Luka, Jokic, Giannis. Like I know that's the most obvious, but I think an American player always is in the race. We saw towards the end of last season how they suddenly put Devin Booker up there. Like Devin Booker was first team All NBA over Steph. Last year, because there was that push right at the end of the season to like get an American player in the mix. I think Tatum is going to be that player this year. I think top three, very reasonable, two way forward, basically a complete skill set. Can't really ask for more. If the Boston Celtics are doing well, Tatum is going to Tatum is going to get the credit, especially with the drama of the off season. I think that just heightens stuff. Okay. Similarly, with Luca losing, Brunson is going to heighten his odds. Similarly, I think if Tatum performs, he's going to be up there as well. I think that's a that's a fair one. Uh, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at anybody's picks. Honestly, I thought about Tatum. I thought about Tatum as well. Everybody had pretty logical arguments for for why their guy would be on the list. I'm going to do something interesting here, different here. Reese, what award do you want to do next? Hmm. Let's see. Which one do I think is most interesting? Most improved. Most improved. All right. Start us off. Most improved player. Um, my lead guy for most improved player. Uh, there's a guy on here I think all of us will have, or most of us. But my lead guy is Tyrese Halliburton. Uh, yep. I think it's fit for him. Uh, so he's in Indiana. It's not much going on in Indiana. A lot of guys in Indiana tend to win the most improved player award. Victor Oladipo, Paul George, Jalen Rose. It's like if you want to win MIP, go to Indiana. So he has that going for him. Uh, he showed flashes of being able to be a lead guard, best player on that Pacers team last year when he was traded there, second half of the season. So uh, I do have Tyrese Halliburton there. Plus, he's, in, he's a lottery pick, but he's not like a – John Morant, Anthony Edwards kind of guy where it's like he was drafted so high it's like, oh, we expect this out of this dude. So second, I have Jalen Brunson. Um, we've seen this a lot. Uh, guy is a starter or a role player on a team where some would say he's quote unquote being held back and he goes somewhere else. 
balls out, and now he's considered most improved player. Is that improved or is that more opportunity? That's up to the voters. But based off history, I think Jalen Brunson can fall under the category for most improved player. And my third guy is Keldon Johnson for the San Antonio Spurs. The Spurs are going to be bad this year. Then again, they have Greg Popovich. He might still have them competing for a play-in spot. But they don't. with DeJounte Murray gone, they don't really have anyone there to score the ball aside from a Kelvin Johnson. I think this is his time to step up. Um, so I think this definitely – most improved never really – you could be on a losing team yeah. and win most improved player. Uh, so even though this team is going to suck um, – Keldon Johnson's performance, I think, is going to stand out and is going to get some eyes for most improved player. I like it. I like it. Uh, Matei, what, what do you have for most improved? I was actually uh, checking out the stats of the other Tyrese because Tyrese Halliburton is the obvious choice. But Tyrese Maxey, I, I was just, I know he had good numbers last season, but I just wanted to see because usually that's. The way the, the award, this uh, this award goes to the guy who makes the biggest statistical jump, at least usually. So the debate, whether it's an opportunity or just a chance, they just look at the stats and who makes the biggest jump. jump. And Max, he had great, he really had tremendous numbers. Uh, don't know if he can, I mean, shot 49% from the field, 43% from three. Uh, four assists, four rebounds, almost 18 points. Like, he probably had to average something like 24-6 on great efficiency, 6-5 on great efficiency to to qualify for the award. Halliburton is the most obvious choice, although when we, were to, we mentioned this guy already, R.J. Barrett could be another candidate yeah. for uh, for this award. And Anthony Edwards, who we also mentioned, I looked at both of their numbers. They're sort of in the same group as uh, Maxi. I think they had good seasons, very good seasons already last, but they'll have more opportunity and they're primed for uh, for a proper jump in uh, in that sense. And I think one of those might be uh, in the running for the award. I think Edwards falls in that John Morant category where people are like, yeah. oh, we don't want this guy to win because, you know. But he did he win. Yeah, he's already sort of a star. And, but, yeah. His yeah. yeah. name is well, Luca yeah. two seasons ago. I, I, I do not agree with players like Ja winning most improved, especially because Ja won Rookie of the Year. Second season took his team to the playoffs and then won most improved because he jumped to MVP. I mean, I think that's just the trajectory of yeah. a second overall pick. That's what he should have done anyway. Because I remember this was a big conversation with Luca in his sophomore year because he won Rookie of the Year and then was top four in MVP as a sophomore. And people were like, should he get MIP? And I remember the players that people that, that, that were in the race, of course, Ingram won it. And the other was Devontae Graham. Luca uh, managed was him, in yeah. Charlotte that year. Yeah, I, Luca had said he wanted Devontae to win it. Yeah. So, the, so I mean, I think with MIP, it's I don't want an Anthony Edwards to win it, though I think he is going to be a contender for it for sure. Um, like uh, I do have Tyrese and Keldon. I think I, with Keldon, it's just 
I it, does it get to a point like with the opportunity thing? Do people because of how intense this first tank is? Does it just get to a point where it's well, who the hell will score? Like, there's nobody else there. So I that's the only thing I have a question with him. I think another player that we could be looking at is in Detroit. Um, from just the trend of how these awards are given, I think if Sadiq Bey could take another jump. I was afraid like, you were going to say Kate Cunningham. I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> uh, because Sadiq Bey, right at the end of the season, he went off. Like When it was purely garbage time, no winning on the line, they were like, yo, fill the stats, stat sheet. Sadiq Bey was having 50-point games. I think like it's, it's, it gets repetitive to always have the same names. Sometimes it's a player that was always there and he just suddenly has that jump. Like, think of what Siakam did. Think of what uh, Ingram did. He was, uh, that was his first year with the Pelicans, though, I think. So I think, yeah, I think Sadiq Bey is like, what is he, year three, year four? I think that's Thank fair. You. He's young enough. Yeah, and he's young enough. He wasn't a highly touted pick. And he's been in Detroit. Like, it's, he's not been in the, he's not been, everyone's not aware of what Sadiq Bey can do. So if you suddenly have him jump up big in stats, playing with like a Cade and Jaden Ivey backcourt, I think there is something there to have like a case for him over the season. So yeah, that was, he was my third guy. I have feelings about Sadiq Bey, but I'm not gonna, I'm gonna let it go for right now. (laughs) Um, Okay, so I'll, I'll give mine. Uh, like Reese said, and actually, I'm I'm surprised Matei and Ishan didn't go there. Uh, I think Brunson is a very clear. I would say he's my front runner. Um, again, leaving Dallas, big opportunity in New York. If he does the twenty and six or twenty and eight, twenty in somewhere in that range, uh, with that market behind him, and if the Knicks are playing playoff team. They're going to want to give them something, and that's probably the best opportunity to do it. Um, so I got Brunson there. Then my second guy is Ayo Dunsumu. Ooh. Just named. That's great. Yeah, just started, named the starter for the Chicago Bulls. So again, we got another guy with a, a bigger opportunity. Um, I like the way he plays uh, as a, a defender and uh, a slap, the length that he has. Uh, to to impact the game, I'm 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 excited to see what he does this year, Chicago. And my third is a little bit of peer pressure from uh, <laughs> just the name keeps coming up. And I I went and checked the depth charts out there, and apparently, I thought he was coming off the bench, but apparently he's going to be starting in Toronto. OG and a newbie. I thought about him is my other guy. So if OG, he's playing, he's got a lot to play for. He's got a lot of reasons to go crazy this year. Uh, people are trying to push him out <laughs> in Toronto. Um, Toronto seems to be trying to make it work, but, you know, maybe he doesn't see himself as a long-term fit there and wants out. So uh, I think OG, if he has a big, big year, especially on the efficiency side, especially if Toronto's a good team, I could definitely see him getting in that conversation for the most improved. Scotty Barnes too. What were his numbers last season? I wonder. He could be a. I, think dark... like six... I don't think they'll give him most improved after winning rookie of the year. Yeah, I think with Luca, it became a little like, I, like same same. Maybe Anthony Simmons is dark horse. But I think he he kind of 
stat stuff. He had a good season as well. Yeah, I yeah. think last year would have been his year. Yeah, yeah. 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 Another jump like that back. would be yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Ishan, I know we're getting close to time for you. Yeah. Uh, do you want to do one more award or do you can you, yeah, I'll do both. I'll do both the remaining awards. I'll finish the awards for sure. There's three left. Coach of the year as well. All three awards. Oh damn, I didn't even do. All right. Mate, Wait, what, so what do you want to do? Mate, what do you want to do now? Uh, uh should we go coach of the year? You it's, just it's, mentioned your choice. Yeah, I didn't know we were going I, I, coach go for, I didn't yeah, include I, coach, so I messed myself up. Yeah. Oh, you didn't even include, yeah, because that seems like it's an interesting category for, for me. I mean, because I was really thinking about that. I actually thought Tyrone Lue already got it, and he might be a great candidate for next. He didn't season. get it, did he? No, nah, he 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 hasn't gotten it yet. So uh, that's why he's sort of primed for that. Sort of dark horse candidate, Missoula might be if. if yeah, uh, Celtics have a good season, and uh, he's definitely going to be credited for overcoming all the issues they had now uh, with Ime Udoka and the whole deal with that. If they manage to overcome that, Missoula might be a good candidate, but Kid might be as well, like a sort of a good candidate if maps are. Uh, Top two, top three. Team. They got to be a top three team in the West uh, for Keith to be considered. But with the hype he already had last season, if especially because Mavs uh, aren't uh, very well regarded among odds makers as far as their uh, predictions, season predictions go, if he Mavs managed to uh, let's say 48, 47 wins. If they're somewhere in that range, top three team in the West, I think he would be a good candidate as well. But the main guy for me is Tyrone Lou. He hasn't gotten it yet and deserved it already a couple of times, I think, with the work he did. I like it. I just threw together a list. And fortunately, I got through my list before you started saying names um, based on what I think my final standings are going to be. And I'll wait till it gets to me. But Ishan, what do you, you have? Know, uh, I have... Tyloo, J.B. Bickerstaff, and Kid. Kid again, like with what Mate said, I think what's going to play in with Kid is that I definitely do see the Mavs being better than what the rest of the media does, and that means they're going to be surprised, not us. So if if Kid can surprise people for a second year in a row, it gets to a point where, like, I was surprised he wasn't even mentioned in the Coach of the Year race last year with what he achieved. So I think this year we're coming in with a little more recognition and a lot more doubt because people, now it's not the upstart young team with that superstar. We've made a legit run. People are going to be expecting stuff, but we've seen from the projections they don't. So if Kit can play back at the level we did last year, we were, we were 52 wins last year. If you are, again, 50 plus, I think he gets a serious consideration, especially with how tough the West is. Especially the top half of the West. 50 wins is not going to be easy in this conference. Yeah, I think, and I'm, I'm loving these lists because based on how I have my standing shaking out, I could 
definitely have very similar guys. So mine, I do have Ty Lue as my top candidate as well. Uh, you remember I had Kawhi as my uh, MVP dark horse. I do think the Clippers are going to have a great season. And like you said, I think Lou's a guy that most people appreciate as a, a great coach these days. So um, definitely have Lou on my, at the top of my list. My second guy, I had Finch in Minnesota. Um, same argument you would say with JB Bickerstaff, um, a team that, takes another step potentially uh, is in that middle of the pack in the West. Uh, I think Finch could get some recognition. And then my third was Jason Kidd. Uh, same reasons as everybody else as well. We're expected to be a mid playing team. And if we're above that, I think Kidd has a good argument between what he accomplished last year and then coming in this year and exceeding expectations. I, I, I think Kidd, Kidd definitely has to be in that discussion. Uh, I won't, I won't go. I won't go too in depth because um, my list is obviously names that's all been set, but in order, uh, I have Chris Finch, number one, Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, number two, I have JD Bickerstaff, Cleveland Cavaliers. And number three, I have Jason Kidd. Uh, I didn't put Ty Lue mainly because I know he hasn't got it yet, but I think the Cavaliers and Timberwolves, excuse me, as far as improving, we've seen that coaches get that award a lot for their teams improving, even if they do add players. Um, with the Clippers, I think that thing was injuries. Everyone knows how good they are, how talented they are, uh, even though I do think Ty Lue des- deserves an award. And Jason Kidd, uh, I think it's all narrative-based as far as the Mavericks improving, building off of last year, uh, not having, quote-unquote, the amount of talent as the top teams in the West, but still finishing there, so... I think that's the only thing that'll get him in there. Yeah, I think I went Finch over Bickerstaff because I think uh, the Wolves will be higher in the standings than the the Cavs, but we'll get to that later. Um, all right, Ishan, we're we're close to wrapping up, sending you to bed. Uh, so, what what award do you want to do next? Uh, let's do Rookie of the Year. Okay, let's get it. This should be a fun yeah. one. Yeah, so I think the top two for everyone's going to be about the same. Like, I think it's, I think, uh, in my opinion, I think it's a clear one-two this year. My one, my Rukia Deo winner is going to be Keegan Murray. Uh, And number two is, of course, Paolo Banquero. But I have Murray over Banquero for two reasons. I think Murray is going to contribute to a winning team. Mm. And... And because he's going to have a contribution there as compared to a magic team in a year where it's going to be a historic tankathon. And we know, like, we can talk about teams that might tank, might not tank. We know the Kings don't want to tank. I think Keegan is going to have a Scotty Barnes rookie season type year. And Scotty was boosted by doing it for a team that ultimately was a six seed. I think the Kings are six seed. I think I... I won't be here for that part, but I do have them in my play-in. So, I think Keegan Murray is going to surprise a lot of people. Bankero second, Jaden Ivey third. Okay. Uh, send me your, your standings. I'll still read them on if you want. Yes. All right. Um, I guess it's me next. Shit. Because um, <laughs> I'm still keeping the same order. So, for me, uh, surprisingly, I actually do have the same three, but a different order. Um, so I do have Paolo winning. Um, I just think he's going to put up insane numbers. I think the magic are going to win more games than they're supposed to. (laughs) 
uh, also. So I think that also factors in, like you said, I did have Keegan Murray second. Um, again, same reasons. I think he's going to play well. I think he's in a great spot as far as fit to play well. He's not going to have to try to figure out how to fit in with those guys. And he's going to have ample opportunities to contribute. And then Ivy, I had his third. Again, I think he's going to get the stat pad in Detroit while they tank for, for Wemby. So, uh, Reese, what you got? I have Paolo first. Like I said, I think he's the most NBA ready. Uh, I have Keegan Murray second, and I have Jaden Ivy third. Wow. <laughs> okay, maybe Yishan was right. <laughs> uh, yeah. What do you have, uh, Mate? We got the same three, just different <laughs> order. I figured Paolo, that would be the case. Yeah, Paolo Banchero uh, is first for me. I'm going with Jaden Ivy second and Keegan Murray third. Uh, Keegan Murray uh, is going to play for uh, the Kings, and their record with young players is not the best. <laughs> so uh, I'm going with Jaden Ivy over Keegan Murray. But it's a 50-50 debate, in my opinion. Uh, any one of those guys can... I mean, can have a good season, great season, great rookie season. Uh, and I think they both will. Uh, I just put Jaden Ivey above Keegan Murray. It, more is expected of Kings next season. And if Jaden Ivey just plays well, as well as Keegan Murray, uh, I think he's going to finish over. But I think Paolo is going to be uh, the clear rookie of the year uh, at the end of the season. Okay. Looking forward to watching him play for Italy as well. Oh, yes, that should be that should definitely be fun. Ishan, it looks like you're slinking out of the videos that was happening right now. No, I kicked my uh, I ended up kicking my tripod. So, okay, okay. Fine. Um, so if you're sticking around, I can move to that defensive player of the year. Yeah, I'll bounce after defensive though. Six man, I'll just quickly say my six man picks right now. Is that okay? Let's do it. Let's do it. It's good. Christian Wood, Jordan Poole, Malcolm Brogdon. Same players, different order, but we'll get to that. I literally <laughs> have the same players. <laughs> Let's just do it. Shout out Norman Powell. See, I, so I had Poole and Wood as my top two, and then I was struggling between yeah. Powell, Levert, and Brogdon, and I did end up going with Brogdon as the, the, the third. I think Levert is. Oh no, wait, Levert's not. No, I think Levert is starting, isn't he? Is he? I, I think Okoro is starting. Yeah, I had him as. I, think, I had him as the sixth man. They have maybe. Him. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, they have him coming in to get buckets off the bench. Got you. Got you. Got you. Um, Hero starting. Uh, he was coming off the bench last season. He's going to start this season. Yeah. Who you have, Reese? I have Poole, Wood, then Brog. All right, uh, Mate. I got the same Reese got <laughs> the exact same. <laughs> Ishan, uh, did you say wood first? Party. Did, did you say I, wood? I said I think I said wood, wood, wood first. He but said I have wood, first. wood first. Yeah, but I have wood first. first. Yeah, so the same order. <laughs> same order. It's just, a pool party. The six man was surprisingly boring. I'm actually a little bit surprised. Um, I'm surprised as well, honestly. <laughs> All right, let's do yeah. this defensive player of the year out there. Um, I feel yeah. like this might be the same, too. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I think mine are different. I think I definitely have three different picks. Okay, here we go. So my my top 
for the defensive player of the year uh, because I don't have this person winning MVP. I, I don't oh, think surprised because it's not Steph. <laughs> we knew Steph wasn't winning no defensive player. Uh, it's Giannis, actually. Uh, I do uh-huh. have the Bucks finishing high. I do have Giannis getting the defensive player of the year as a consolation for him not getting the MVP as far as the voters go. Um, my second, I do have the Wolves apparently finishing high. So I do have Gobert second. I think that there is going to be a little bit of voter fatigue there. They're they're going to want to uh, avoid Gobert if they can. I'm waiting to hear who this third guy is. And then my third, I think I struggled with the third for a little bit, but I settled on Bam out of the Bayou as my third guy. So <laughs> um, I think the Heat are going to play well. And I, he had a good little narrative near the end of last season. It fell off. But uh, I think that the, the voters will try, if they can, to get him to that top three. What, what, what's, what's going on, Reese? Can I go next? Go ahead. <laughs> Number one, I have Bam Adebayo. Number two, I have Rudy Gobert. Number three, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> So we had the same people, just a different order. I mean, this uh, is a different order. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think that narrative with Bam is going to carry over into um, this season. Uh, I think he's going to step up big defensively for them this year, especially with the absence of P.J. Tucker and really no one in that slot to to replace P.J. Tucker. Wouldn't be surprised if he starts at power forward in, in some way. Hmm. And uh, we see more minutes from Omer Yurtsevin. Not saying he's going to start, but we see more minutes from him. Uh, Giannis, I think, I don't think he's going to get the MVP. I think they're still trying to push away from that and give it to someone new, possibly. But defensive player of the year, uh, you could have argued he could have been in the top three for it last year. Uh, Rudy Gobert is always going to be in the conversation. I don't even need to need to go into that. Like, it's a generational defensive talent, so. Yeah, I think they yeah. were what seventeenth or so defensively as far as defensive rating last year. Uh, so if they're top ten, he's a top five defense on his own. Yeah, he's a top thirty. Like, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 stat I always love to bring up is like when he was injured last year, the Jazz defense was ranked historically the worst defense in NBA history since the seventies. Like that's how bad bad they were when Gobert was out. So I think it speaks for itself. They were a top ten defense last year as a team when he was playing. Or at despite the fact that they had so many games where he didn't, they still ended up a top ten defense just based. And on- I think they were number one defense a year before when they were right. like they had the best record in the league. Yeah, uh, Matei, who do you got? Interesting, none of you guys mentioned uh, Bridges, who came second last year uh, in the voting. Uh, and no love at all for the Suns, I see. I mean, <laughs> about the awards, I mean, I guess we all buried them already along with Luca uh, during the, that um, se- um, semifinal series. But he is a tremendous defender. And I actually had him above Smart last year. Mm. I think, I mean, I think Sun's defensive rating might be good enough. I, I, I'm not talking about their record. It won't be as good <laughs> last season, but I think they'll have a good enough defensive rating. And a lot of that will be when we'll, 
when we'll be looking at the on-off numbers, stuff like that. I think Bridges will have the numbers to be up there in the top three. Will he be able to compete with guys you already mentioned, Yanis, Bam, didn't mention Draymond Green. I think Draymond Green will end up being a top three. Uh, 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 I mean, third, basically. Uh, I, I would put Bridges second. That's how much I like his defense. And I think just because of the reason you guys already mentioned, he's not going to get, probably not going to get the MVP. He'd have to have an amazing season uh, to win it. But he should get the defensive player of the year, Giannis. Okay. I, I like yeah. it. Yeah. So, my defensive... So, I had this one thing I didn't want to do, which is you put Giannis in my award list. But So, I'm just going to say, it like, it's it's a given Giannis is, a top, is going to be top three in these kind of awards. I don't have him on my list, but shout out to Giannis, shout out to Draymond, and shout out to Joel Embiid because I, I, he said that he wants to lock in on that front. So I think he's going to have like a statement season defensively. He has to on Philly. He has to. But my top three, I had Bam winning it because I had Bam winning it last year as well. And I was personally upset that Bam didn't win. Like I see the, I saw the narrative with Bridges. I saw the narrative with Smart. But I thought what Bam does for the Heat defensively blows my mind. He can guard anybody, anyone at any time. He can he can uh, cut pass. He can block off passing lanes. He can stop you at the rim. He's generally a perfect defender, and he has a great like size for it. Not too big, not too small, fast enough, not too fast. He's just a perfect defender. Uh, my second, I have Gobert third. My second is someone none of you guys have mentioned. And this is a risk, but I have Ben Simmons. Because the last time we saw Ben Simmons have a full regular season, he I think he did finish second behind Gobert yeah. that year in defense. And I think now it's the Nets, it's the pressure so much higher. And he's literally their only above average defender. Like I generally think the amount of defensive pressure that Simmons himself will have in terms of carrying that team defensively, is going to be more than any other team, maybe besides Bam. But even Bam has some dogs on the perimeter. Ben Simmons is, I think, defensively is the complete package. And I think if the Nets uh, live up to, like, the expectations are always going to be high. I think if KD and Kyrie are not getting love in any award, I think this is where you give the Nets recognition. Simmons, it's a great story, great narrative. So, yeah, that's Ben Simmons for me, is in the DPO OIDs. I like it. I like it. Um, Ishan, are we saying yeah. goodbye to you? Good night. Yes. Yeah, it's 11.45. So, yeah. I got about that half hour. That half hour threw me off. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. Re- I'm sorry, man. Like, I oh, wish no, I could man. see this out. Yeah, this this is this marathon. Like, <laughs> yeah, this this definitely. This, we've been on here for about two and a half hours. <laughs> Those so, season yeah. awards podcasts are usually the longest ones. So, yeah, uh, I mean, there's so much to talk about. That's why I didn't bring on a third person. Like, we'd be here for all day. But, yeah. <laughs> America, yeah. you that extended it, added an extra hour to it. Yeah, but are you going to be able to send me your standings or? 
Yeah, I'll send you my standings. Okay, send me I'll, the, I'll DM it to you. Send, send me the standings and I'll I'll add them to the conversation. But we appreciate you coming. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I, I'm so happy I got to speak to you guys for the first time. No, no Twitter space, nothing. Like, <laughs> I can see you guys. Mate, I, I love your Twitter. is one of my favorite Twitters. I just Same here, Ishan. Twitter... I wish Twitter just always translated it. It'll translate it sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I have to put it in the translator myself, but it's always worth it. Thank it's you so much. Pretty much it. It's quite accurate. I mean, I usually check, I, I often check what the translation says, <laughs> and sometimes, like, it does miss the main point, but more or less, it's pretty accurate. And Ishan, we got to connect for a pod as well. Uh, of course. Episodes, of course. So we'll, we'll definitely talk. Thanks for having me, guys. See you. Take care. Peace, Peace, John. Sleep well. Yes, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Grant Riller? Oh, shit. I fuck with Grant Riller. The math sign Grant Riller and McKinley Wright. Sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, Oh, they on a two-way contract. Yep, they converted McKinley Wright to a two-way and they signed Grant Riller. Um, I really like Grant Riller. He's small though. I don't he's small, but he's like bouncy. Like Wright is small. He's under six feet as well. He's, he's listed as six one. He's listed as probably he, in shoes. Yeah, he, yeah. He's a dunker. Like he's he's six one, but he's a dunker. Like I, I he's <laughs> fun to watch. Um kind of like a Mike James type. Um mm. Not the dark, not the black Mike James. Light skin, Mike, Mike James. Mike James. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the, gotta look up. I, I mean, I know the Euroleague Mike James. Yeah, the Euroleague Mike James. There's I mean. an older Mike James that played in like the 2000s. Yeah, there's that was, played, I think, for the Hornets, New he Orleans. Played for the Mavs. Oh. He played, he for, played the Mavs. for the Mavs too, but I remember him oh, mostly yeah. from New yeah. Orleans. Homegirls DMs one time, <laughs> um, but that's that's not like here nor there. Um, <laughs> I'm, do I need to edit that out? No, nah, I'll leave it in. <laughs> um, but let me uh, so let me let me retweet this real quick. Or let me let me uh, get my my Boondocks quote off. Let's see. Hold up, they signed Grant Riller. Did that? Does that mean they waived? I gotta read some stuff. Sorry, I'm, y'all can read too if you need to. Yeah, yeah, I'm just checking. I don't see anything about a cut made. I don't even know if either one of you do. I don't. Yeah, I mean, it just says Mavs PR usually tweet the exact version. They said the signed guard converted uh, McKinley Wright to a two-way and signed guard Grant Riller. Maybe they're signing him to get him to the G League team. But I don't know when. Like you said, did they have? Didn't they have just one more open uh, yeah. roster spot and one two-way? Right. We'll see if this is the if they gave Grant Riller an actual contract that would surprise me. They I don't know when the last day to uh, sign players for their, like your final squad is. I don't know if that's today or not. Actually, I might have that written down. I'm gonna check one more place. I might leave this in. Just leave the raw. <clears throat> um, what's today? October fifteenth. Fourteenth. Six fifteenth. Sorry. So the preseason ended yesterday. That is official. Rosters are set as of the 17th uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern time. So the Grant Riller signing could be a sign him, wave him, and get him to Frisco. 
to get his rights, basically. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. The Mavs are one of those teams that doesn't give details when they sign people. So we'll we'll see how it shakes out. Um, and I think Faku, we should get that announcement today, if I'm not mistaken. They kept moving the date back, but I believe that would come today if it's happening. Um, I'm not going to check the GC. I mean, Ragnar would be really surprising if they didn't sign Faku after well, the news that came out. I, and I think Kirk said he talked to a few reporters uh, uh, who all said that Faku is a done deal, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, um, All right. My Twitter broke, <laughs> so I can't see anything else right now. Let's let's get back to to the grind here. All right, let me get my my bearings straight. Do 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 do. Eshawn, did he send me his stuff yet? He probably fell asleep. Uh, that graphic designer person is hitting me up to see if we <laughs> like the work. We didn't like the work, Matek. I'm just gonna let you. <laughs> so uh, I'll break their heart after we get off of here. Uh, yeah, we'll do that after we get off. So let's get back to, to it. Uh, we are almost three hours in <laughs> to this podcast. So uh, I'm putting it out as one. Like, y'all enjoy three hours of content. Um, NBA standings. This is uh, This is where I think some of us have kind of tipped our hands. As far as where we went with some of these standings, but I'm, I'm curious to see where everybody ended up. So we're going to start with the play-in, and we're going to start with the East. I like to get away from the Mavs to start. So in the East play-in, I'm going to go with mine and just give all four. At the 10th spot, I have the New York Knickerbockers. At the 9, I have the Washington Wizards. Think people are sleeping on the Wizards. At the eight, I have the Atlanta Hawks. I know they're exciting and sexy, but I also don't think last year was a fluke. At the seven, I have the Toronto Raptors. Reese, what do you have? Ten spot, I had a New York Knicks. Nine spot, I have the Chicago Bulls. Okay. Eight spot, I have the Atlanta Hawks. And at the seven spot, I have the Miami Heat. Mm, okay. Uh, let's talk about that Heat. Why do you have the Heat so low? Uh, I feel like they made no additions in the offseason at all, and I think some other teams got better either through adding players or having young players in the mold of a Scotty Barnes who could take a big leap. So uh, I I don't think the Heat are going to be a bad team or a worse team. I just think other teams got better. I think they're just going to fall through the play-in uh, by competition in the East. I think they'll still be a 40-plus win team, but I think this year uh, they drop a bit to that seventh seed. A bit? They dropped from number one to number seven? Yeah, a bit. A hell of a joke. Drop. Yeah. Oh man! All right, that's 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 a hot take, I think. Um, all right, Mate, what do you have for your play in, in the East? Yeah, playing spots in no particular order, just the six to nine uh, Knicks through ten, 
through ten. Six through ten, yeah. The players. Seven through ten. Seven through ten. Seven through ten. Seven, eight, nine, ten, yeah. Damn. Uh, the playing spots, yeah. Seven through ten. Uh, so I got the Knicks, got the Nets, got Raptors, and. Uh, I'm sort of split between the Bulls and the Hawks for the last playing spot in no particular order. Again, I'm not okay. saying which spot, but one of those teams is going to be uh, in the playoff spots and one of those teams is going to be in the playing spots, sort of six, seven, something like that, six, seven, eight. Uh, and I'm going with uh, the Hawks as uh, the fourth playing team in okay. the East. Um, yeah, nothing too crazy there for me. Uh, and I'll just go straight into because I have the Nets at six, personally. Um, so you having the Nets in the play-in, that's not, that's not too shocking for me. Uh, I have the Six, Cavaliers. seven, eight. I yeah. think they're going to be the, the seven, eight spot if they're going to be in the play-in, um, not, not the nine, ten spots. Uh, yeah, I have... The, uh, the Nets, Raptors, and Hawks, I think I had pretty close. The six, seven, eight. Yeah, yeah. And then I think there's a gap there down to the Wizards and Knicks. Uh, yeah, definitely. So uh, I'm going to stop there. Reese, who do you have at six? I thought we were just going. Okay. Uh, at the six, I have the Raptors. Okay, yeah. That's that's the team me and Matei, I think, had in the play-in. And Matei's already given his six. For the playing teams, I can give the six playoff teams in again no particular order. If no, I need an order. <laughs> you need an order. Okay, I'm going um, with the Celtics uh, first uh, in the East. Uh, I was surprised. Recently. So you're doing one through six, right? Not like six. one through six. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Uh, one through six. Celtics are going to be the first. Uh, uh, 76ers, Bucks third, and it could be Bucks second and 76ers third. I got the Heat in the fourth place. I mean, I really like the Heat for next season. Um, Cavaliers, and uh, who am I missing here? Cavaliers with the teams I mentioned. I had Nets in the plane. You mentioned oh, everything. You already said your six, right? Yeah, yeah, you already gave your six. Your six. I, I did. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be the I think you said either the was it the Nets or the Hawks? Yeah, because you said the Hawk you were well, when you said you were choosing between the Hawks and Bulls, did you think one of them was yeah, Bulls, out of the Bulls. Bulls. Yeah, okay. so, thanks, Rich. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh that that was the the choice, the Hawks and the, the Bulls had the Hawks in the plane, Bulls as the last team in the play of sixth, uh okay. in the East. Yeah, thanks. Reese, what do you have? Uh, I'll just go straight through bottom to top, though. Okay. Uh, five, I have the Nets. Um, honestly, the Nets and Raptors at five and six are like this goddamn close. Um, then I have the Cavs at four. And my top three are like <laughs> interchangeable. Like I have an order, but I'm just saying I think going into the season it can – change in any order i have the celtics at three have the bucks second and i have the sixers as the one seed okay that's not none of that surprising yeah. I think the heat dropping the seven is your biggest surprise yeah 
Um, my biggest surprise is I didn't take them serious as a one seat last year anyway. So <laughs> I think my biggest surprise is the Bulls not making anything. I have them out of. Oh wow! Okay. The entire scenario. I get it though. I get it. Yeah. Health. One injury and it's like. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I have the health issues holding them back. Uh, I'll start from the bottom. So I already said the Nets were six. So besides that, our stuff is pretty close. I have the Cavaliers as the five. Um, I have the Celtics as the four. I think losing your coach is going to affect how you start maybe season. Losing uh, the starting center too. I mean, and Robert Williams. Yeah. Yep. Forgot that, about that. that. Might be even bigger, but uh, I still like the Celtics a lot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. So I think they did add some some guard depth, which uh, which helps. But uh, like you said, missing Robert Williams is going to make things interesting at the start of the season as well. So I had them finishing fourth. Uh, my top three are pretty close uh, to interchangeable as well. But I in I've, I've I leveled out with the 76ers coming in third. Uh, Embiid and Harden. I don't think I think they're going to miss some games. Uh, just because of that's who they are now. Uh, I have the Heat finishing second. Like, as much as I want to hate on the Heat, they finished first last year, despite me not understanding how <laughs> at all. Uh, so I dropped them to two, but I still have them up there. And then I had the Bucks at one. I know Giannis and them historically have not <laughs> pushed for that one seed like I would expect them to. But I, like I said, I think this year Giannis takes that more seriously. I think that they, they definitely make that push to try to secure top seeding and home court and all that good stuff. Any thoughts before we move to the West? No, I think the West is where it's most interesting. Let me see if Ishan. Absolutely. See if he, okay. Ishan sent his. It's pretty close to what we have actually very close to what Reese has. So he has the Knicks. As the 10 seed, he has the Bulls at the nine, Raptors at eight, Heat at seven. So, like I said, close to Reese, uh, Hawks at six, Nets at five, Cavs at four, Celtics at three, Bucks to 76ers, number one. Yeah, our only difference, I think, is the Raptors. That's it. Where'd you have the Raptors? I had the Raptors at six. Okay. Okay. So I had him in the playing, and he had the Hawks at six. Right. Did you just switch those two? I think they just switched. Yeah. Okay. Because he has the Raptors at eight, correct? Yes. Yeah, and I have the Hawks at eight. So. And then I'm looking at his what his play-in scenarios were to see if that's worth mentioning here. Nope, it's not worth mentioning at all. He has the. Just playoff results, he has both the seven and eight got teams making it into the playoffs through the, out of the play-in. So nothing worth noting there. Let's move to the West. Um, I'm going to start with Ishan's just because I'm here already. <laughs> so at the 10, he has the Blazers being the 10th seed. He has the Kings at nine, the Suns at eight, and the Grizzlies at seven. Sons of Data are an interesting pick. Sons of Eight, Grizzly Seven. So that that is interesting, but not too disinteresting for mine. So I had the Kings finishing tenth. Okay. Uh, in that last playing spot, I need them to see some postseason action. I have the Pelicans finishing ninth. Uh, that's probably lower than most are going to have them. I have the Blazers finishing eighth. 
and I have the Suns finishing seventh. I know for a fact there's a team that you don't have making the playoff play in at all. I I, I know I, what I, team I, it is. It's a, I know yeah. what team it is because I'm gonna be honest. Those teams you named, you can argue are better than them, mm-hmm. and they're not finishing that much higher than those teams you named. I had them missing, so I literally went through the entire league. Do you have them at eleven? Yes. Yeah. I went through the entire league. I went each team playing each team in their division four times and like decided who would win more of those matchups. And then every other team in the conference three times, I know they'll play some of them four, but I just did three just to be safe. Cause I didn't feel like looking at the actual schedule. And then I had them playing the teams in the other conference twice to make my decisions on who would. So there's six games I'm missing where they'll play another team in their conference four times instead of three. But I, I didn't feel like getting into the nitty gritty. That's how I came out to this. And with that, I had the Lakers, I think, winning 31 out of the 76. And I had the Kings winning 33. And that's, that's what was about 10-11. That, yeah. that's, that's not the win total. It could be up to six more because of the I didn't do the actual schedule. But, yeah. Um, I was up till 5 a.m. by the way, Reese. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily for me, we did outstanding predictions on the Mind of Reese podcast, so I already had both made before you even must said be nice. the thing. Yeah, it must be nice. Um, number 10, I have the Lakers. Okay. I have the Lakers at 10. Uh, I did mention I think the Kings are going to fight for a play-in spot. I got them finishing at 11. I didn't have them making it. Mm. Um, I have the Blazers at 9. I have the Grizzlies at eight. I have the Pelicans at seven, which is interchangeable between them and my six, which I'll mention later. Okay. Um, did you say anything interesting? No, I think the only thing you did differently was switching the Kings and Lakers from what I had. Yeah. All right, Mate. Yeah, Lakers at 10 instead of the Kings. Kings 11, Trailblazers at nine. Uh, I got Timberwolves at eight and Pelicans at seven. Okay. So you're not a believer in the Wolves being much better than they were last year? Or do you just think everybody else? The West is better than it was last year, and that's the problem. They'll they'll have a better win total than they had last season. But even with that, I think there's going to be like, Five or six teams, which are going to be separated by like three wins, three, four wins at the end of the season. And it's going to be super close, super tight. But just based on experience, uh, they're still a young team. And their most experienced player is a defensive guy. So I think that that might not even hold them back. They'll be good. They just won't be. (laughs) It's going to be a murderous conference next season. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, let's move to the six. I'll start with Ishan again. He has the Mavs at six. I think we should just go straight through. Yeah, like, let's just go straight through yeah. and then... Instead of going one, 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 just six through one. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Oh, okay. So he has the Mavs at six. I just wanted to let that marinate for a second. <laughs> um, he has the Pelicans at five. Okay. Wolves at four. Okay. Warriors three, Nuggets two, Clippers as the one seed coming out of the West. Um, I'll do mine. 
since we're, since I'm I'm already loaded up. I have the Grizzlies at six. Um, I think a couple of you guys had them in the play-in. Um, I do think the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury is going to affect them early on. That was one of those things I was talking about with the continuity and whatnot for teams starting the year. They, I think they're going to be playing catch-up. I also think guys are going to be ready for them this year. Yeah, that too. They they kind of shocked people last year. I think teams are going to be gunning for them. I don't want to. They're not going to have a Hawks fall off, but no. I think I think they're they're, they're going to have they're going to get some losses in some of those games that they pulled out last year. So I did have them six. I have the Mavs at five. I have the Wolves at four, and that was very close between those two teams. Um, then the Nuggets three, Clippers two, Warriors one. And again, continuity uh, being being the key for the Warriors, depth being the key for the Clippers, as far as I'm concerned. I have the Phoenix Suns at six. I think it's close between the Suns and the Pelicans. Uh, that can easily intertwine and interchange. I mean, uh, five, I have the Mavs as well. Uh, it's close between them and my four, which is the Minnesota Timberwolves. I gave it to the Minnesota Timberwolves for the defensive impact of Rudy Gobert, really. Uh Number three, I had a Clippers. Would have put them higher, but load management is always a factor. Uh, number two, I have the Warriors because it's the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and number one, I have the Denver Nuggets. Uh, building off of Jokic's past two MVP seasons, adding Jamal Murray and MPJ back to those teams, uh, adding a guy like Contavious Caldwell Pope, which I think is an underrated uh, get for them. Uh, Bones Holland possibly taking a small leap. Yeah, I got them as a number one seed. I'll ask you this because you didn't have Jokic in your MVP list, did you? So you just think even though they're the one seed, he's not getting a third MVP. Yeah. Top, he's not. The eighties. They had to win like the the new record. He would have to average a triple double, <laughs> and they had to win over seventy games. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Matei, what are your what are your top six in the West? I agree with Reese. I, I got Nuggets uh, first as well. Um, uh, I think they'll have the best uh, regular season record in the West. Got the Warriors second, Suns third, uh, Mavericks fourth. Same reason as you had, Dave's for the Clippers, load management, uh, injuries fifth. And oh, uh, no, we got the Clippers again in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. If your predictions are correct, it's Clippers, Mavs three. We, yeah, 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 first round. That's scary. All right. What do you have for six? Uh, who are, uh, Grizzlies. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and my, same reason as you had. I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop of their record without Jaw was crazy last season. Right. That was a complete anomaly. Yeah. Like, they're not as good without him. Uh, definitely not. And uh, they'll miss Jaron Jackson Jr., as well for the beginning of the season. So, yeah. But again, they'll be good. Like, I think they'll be... All of those teams, like top six teams, I think they might get separated by, like, five wins and five, six wins at the most. Maybe even less. Like, 16, 47, 48 wins. First team, 53, 54. I I think it's going to be that close when we're talking top six teams in the West. All of those teams are really good. I agree. Um, 
what was it? The year that we had like a three-way tie. We had, we did, we had ties like twice, two years in a row, didn't we? Um, and we just ended up having the tiebreakers. Like I, yeah. it could be another one of those type of years. Um, there was a season in the West. I remember. I think it was thirteen, fourteen. Yeah, it was thirteen, fourteen. When Suns had forty-eight wins and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, uh, it was crazy. And the same. I actually remember that year. They would have been third in the East with that with that record. So uh, I think it's gonna be like wild, wild west, like definitely yeah, next yeah. year. Like the Pelicans are my candidate for that this year is having a, a de- decently above five hundred season and not ending up in the playoffs. Like because I have them losing in the play in. Uh, let's get to these playoff results. Uh, so we only want to focus on the the key results, the the surprising results. If you have a favorite winning, I don't care about that. Um, you have what your playoff matchup should be. Anybody surprising getting out of that play-in uh, if it's not your seven or eight seed that you have getting out of the play-in? Uh, no. I really I, – I mainly – maybe I read it wrong, but I mainly had like, all right, this is my conference finals matchups. Okay, No, uh, you're fine. Like if, okay. you, if there's nothing interesting happening before the conference finals, then we, you can just wait till the conference finals. I mean, I, okay. I, I kind of almost think Lakers are going to make the playoffs as the 10 seed. Oh, man. Yeah, that 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 would be my sort of hot take. Not that much. I mean, they got LeBron and AD, and if yeah. those two are healthy for fifty-five games, fifty-five, fifty, and healthy in the uh, playing uh, games, playoffs as well, they can go far. I don't know what they're gonna do with Westbrook, but I like Pat Bev, the addition they made here, and the other moves as well. If they'll be healthy with LeBron and AD, they can make the playoffs. I mean, you know, dismiss them at your own peril. Yeah. And I wouldn't. Yeah. Is LeBron 30? He's going to be 38, I think. Like December. Next. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and at 38, he's still he's still a top five. He's still LeBron. <laughs> he's still LeBron. He, I mean, he's still LeBron. Can play 80, 70 plus games, but. For those fifty something games, he's still LeBron. Okay, I think that's that's fair, um, and that is interesting. So I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, let's see. So I didn't have anything interesting happening in the play-ins at all. I do have an interesting result in the first round. Um, if you recall, I had the Nets finishing sixth, and they're going to be matched up with the 76ers in the first round. I had the Nets beating the 76ers in that first round. They could. That's a succeed. Um, anybody else have any interest in first round situations? I know Mateo, I mean, the Mavs Clippers three. I need to know who's <laughs> Mavs there. finally beating the Clippers in the first round would be nice, and that would actually like when we're talking what would be a successful season if they can, you know, play uh, win in the first round against these Clippers and then be competitive in the second round in the semifinals. Not even I, I'd be happy if they, you know, they just went for seven games and maybe lost then. I, I would be terribly disappointed if they didn't make the conference finals in that case. So right. uh, yeah, <laughs> Mavs making it over the Clippers would be nice. No, I'm in the same boat. Um getting out of the first round as a successful Mavs season. And like you said, being at least competitive, I'll say push to six games in the second round at least, that's 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 enough for me. Um, Reese, do you have any interest in first round results or no? 
Uh, no, I got the Mavs defeating the Wolves. That's about it. Okay. Um, I also have the the Mavs defeating the Wolves, but like you said, not necessarily exciting enough to really discuss. So in the second round, I have a couple of things uh, to note. So the Nets beat the 76ers, who were the three seed. I have the Nets also upsetting the Heat in that next round, uh, who would be my two seed. So I have the, the Nets making it to the conference finals as a six seed. Um, I have the Mavs and Warriors in the second round, obviously. If the Mavs beat the Timberwolves, the Warriors are my one seed. And I did have us losing again, but this time at least pushing the six or seven. Um, and that's all I had of note for the second round. Matei, anything interesting for your second round or no? For the second round, I think Nuggets and Warriors are going to play the Western Conference Finals, okay. and there won't be any like surprises in the rounds before that. They're, okay. they're, they're, they will ultimately decide who's the best team in the West. All right, let's talk about the Conference Finals. I think everybody has something for the Conference Finals. Reese, what are your matchups for the West and the East? For the West, I have the Clippers and Nuggets. I have us losing to the Nuggets in the second round. I have the Clippers defeating the Warriors in the second round. Uh, and ironically, I didn't think about it till just now. This is this is a narrative uh, series. The Clippers blew that 3-1 lead to the Nuggets in the bubble. Uh, this is either their chance for redemption or the Nuggets to put these views in the ground, Jokic to make his, uh, his finals appearance. And... <laughs> For the East, I have the Bucks and the Nets. Okay. Um, I'll do mine. I have the Clippers and Warriors in the, the West. And obviously, you know, I got the Nets in the conference finals. I also have them playing the Bucks for a rematch. Let's see if KD can keep his foot behind the line this time. <laughs> Matei, who do you have in your conference finals, East and West? Celtics definitely, and then I was uh, sort of split between Sixers and the Bucks. Um, I think both teams can make it, but uh, I mean the obvious choice would be, of course, Bucks. They have a repeat um, of the same battle we had last season, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sixers make it too. But if I had to, uh, you know, choose one, I'm going with the Bucks Celtics finals in the Bucks Celtics. Okay. Um, well, since you've got the the different Eastern, who do you have winning Bucks Celtics? Uh, I got the Bucks winning. I think they would have won uh, last season as well if Middleton didn't get hurt, and I think they're going to win uh, next season if they'll have a healthy roster. If everybody's healthy, they're going to the finals. Okay. Um, in my Bucks versus Nets, I also have the Bucks beating the Nets and going to the to the finals. Reese? I have the Bucks beating the Nets as well. Okay, so all of us had the Bucks in the finals. I like it. I like it. Giannis supremacy. Um, I got the Bucks winning it all. <laughs> let's do it. So I have in the West. I have uh, I have the Clippers beating the Warriors to get to the finals, and then I do have the Bucks beating the Clippers in six. Giannis finals MVP. Let's go. I have the Nuggets defeating the Clippers. Let's go to the finals. Jokic versus Giannis, the two best players in the world, in my opinion. Yeah. 
Uh, and I have Giannis coming out on top. Okay. Giannis versus Jokic finals is uh, the one I'd like to see as well. Yeah. And uh, whoever wins, uh, I'll enjoy the basketball that will be played among those two and uh, teams and players. Awesome. The only thing better than that would be Embiid versus Jokic. It's like the Kobe versus LeBron we never got in the finals. The two best centers in the league. Like, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, we're all on the Bucks train. Nuggets. I, I didn't have them getting to the conference finals, but it would be nice to have Jokic breakthrough. Uh, I don't want him to be one of those guys that has to deal with narratives about not being a winner. People forget they made the Western Conference Finals before, so you can't say he's not. Yeah, good. yeah. So it's the bubble. Yeah. It was the bubble, and yeah. people, for some reason, people like to dismiss the bubble, and I just don't get it. I mean, it people like- only dismiss the bubble to dismiss the Lakers, but they forget they're dismissing true. other teams when they do that. So true, Very true. Like the Heat, for example, another team that nobody really respects. And spend. they show that. I mean, they got swept the next season, but they showed after that that you know. I mean, they got swept by a freight train, so yeah. Um, okay, folks, uh, it's your boy Bibbs, and I'm popping in real quick. Uh, as you heard, Ishan did have to leave. It was almost midnight, well, almost 11 p.m. where he was at in India, uh, but he did one gave me his finals prediction, so. Uh, afterward, he sent me that he had Philly versus the Warriors in the finals. He said he thinks the Bucks' roster stagnancy is going to hurt them starting this year, and that's why he has Philly going to the finals over them. And then he said he had Philly winning it all. So it would have been great to have that conversation on the pod, but I did want to include it. Ishan uh, was a trooper staying up with us. Uh, up to that point and unfortunate that he did have to leave before we got to the playoffs but i wanted to make sure that his thoughts were added so let's get back to where we were in the conversation oh man that was that was fun that was fun it was a marathon but i think i think we survived i was fine before we started now i'm starving so (laughs) i'm parched uh i'm about to go get some lunch I'm going to get some chicken. Any, any, any thoughts? I was going to do the weekly forecast. Do, do we need to Yo, do Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that when the next episode that we do? will be after. No, wait, yeah, it'll be after. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we played us. We played the Suns and the Grizzlies, man. It's a heck of a way to start the season. I, I don't, I can't tap into that right now. Cause as has been mentioned, I am also hungry. Um, I'm excited for those games. Any, any thoughts or predictions? I think we start two and Um, Grizzlies without Jaron Jackson Jr. Big impact on defense. I think that benefits us a lot with the new bigs that we've added. I still think we're better than the Suns. I'm not afraid of them dudes. So, um, Unless they got some dogs on their team, besides Chris Paul, that's like, well, Devin Book is a bit of a dog, but he's and like, Bridges, yeah. But you know, I like to consider Devin Book as a front runner. But anyway, um, yeah, unless they're like, we gotta get revenge on these dudes. I don't think they got it in them. So, yes, yeah, so <laughs> that's kind of where I'm at with it. Is I almost want? I don't want to say want. 
I'm curious what would occur if the Suns were to win that game as far as Suns fans, because the way they've been talking all offseason about us celebrating, beating them like it was a championship. Like if your team wasn't if your team is facing a team that went to the finals the previous year and most people expect them to go on another's finals run and you put them out in the second round, that's something to celebrate. Let's be honest. It's because they was talking so much shit during the right. season before they even won it. That's why. So that is something to celebrate on top of the fact that y'all were so confident that we weren't going to beat y'all. You're going to hear about it. So y'all can Especially cry. After they were up to, oh, I mean, the shit talking reached tremendous proportions. So there's got to be a reverse effect. There always <laughs> is. It just all the shit swam back. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? There's a there's a movie coming out with like a bunch of rich people on a ship. And like in the trailer, and I, you know, I hate trailers, but in the trailer, like there's a part where like the, the, they're on a cruise ship and like something bad starts happening with the plumbing and literally the, the poop is like splashing on people. Like that's, that's, that's what happened to the Suds fans. Like y'all, y'all were throwing it. It was cool when it was, when it was coming out and y'all were throwing it at us. Now it's back in your face and you don't like it. All right, brother. (laughs) Anywho, uh, I also feel I feel good about the start to the season. I would love to put the sun, humble the Suns yet again, go back to the scene of the crime and and play in the blood. Um, But hey, how you feel about those two games? You you had a look like you don't think we're going to start to enough. I mean, yeah, I actually I was thinking oh and two two and oh because it can just as easy be. Oh, they're 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 both away games. I'm not sure. Or uh, Suns is away. Home. I think Grizzlies is home. Ah, Grizzlies is home. They're beating the Grizzlies at home. Not so sure about the Suns because yeah, they they will come out with a bit of a sense of urgency as well because of the whole Sarver thing, changing the owner, the whole Jay Crowder thing, not being with the team, requesting the trade. There's a lot of clouds, you know, storm gather, storm clouds gathering about them uh, uh, for the past few weeks. And sort of people have them written off. I, I mean, just by... Looking at the standings, predictions as well, when we talked about the awards and everything, nobody really <laughs> thinks there still be a contender. But they did win, what, 63 games last season, and they only lost Crowder. And if Cameron Johnson, Cam Johnson, makes the jump, I expect him to make, they'll still be good. And I wouldn't just write them off as a, you know, a team that's mentally broken and it's just going to lay down and die. They'll play hard, and if this, uh, if Mavs manage to beat them away at home, that's going to be a really good sign for a positive sign for the start of the Mavs season. They are better. The Suns are better than most people think they are right now. They're not as as broken as. And I think DeAndre Ayton is going to have a tremendous season, uh, if not for anything else, because he'll be extremely motivated uh, uh, to show his worth that contract. And he also, I think, still wants to get traded to another destination and really wants to raise that value, along with the team wanting him to raise that value. So (laughs) they'll feature him a bit more. Uh, Already seen it in the preseason games. It's going to be the first game, um, DeAndre, I expect DeAndre to come out like uh, with a vengeance. It should be a really, really fun game. Um, JaVal coming over from that team. Um, If I'm Aiton, 
I'm I'm gonna feel some type of way <laughs> to start the game. And yeah, I could definitely see some some stuff going on between those two at the beginning of the game. We know how Booker feels about Luca and those guys. So um he he doesn't like I mean he's gotta love his daddy. <laughs> you know, father-son dynamics always get tricked. <laughs> Uh, the son always wants to show that he can beat the father. So uh, it should be fun. I'm I'm excited, man. I'm I'm so glad basketball is back, like meaningful basketball on the NBA level. Like the, the Euro basket kind of held me over a little bit, but NBA basketball, it, it just does something for me. I don't, I don't know. We've been together for so long. Um, Reese, Reese, you have any, any other thoughts before we get up out of here? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> Matei, uh, we appreciate you hanging in with us for this marathon three and a half hour long, long podcast. Shout out to anybody who's still listening. Like, if you listen to this in one listen, you must have had a long ride. Yeah, like you was you a truck driver. I mean, some of our people are truck driver. You a truck driver, whatever. But if you broke this up in parts, that's cool too. That's I kind of want to get it out early just because of that. To be honest. Um, I actually might. We'll see. I don't have a lot to edit. Um, make sure you're li- you're liking, sharing with a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend that the outsiders are here. Uh, you all season long. But until next time, peace. Peace.